Good evening, Commandos. Rooster here. And Squiggles. And you're listening to the most law-abiding podcast in Mega City One. Woo! Call of the Crow, episode eight. Man, eight episodes in. Shit. I never thought we'd make it this far. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I figured we'd probably piss out at, like, fucking episode four. Four? Yeah. (laughs) But, hey, we're still here. You guys are still listening, we hope. Are they? I honestly have no idea. Me either, but I hope. Hey, I think uh, I I think I saw some podcast analytics on iTunes, and I think right now we've got, like, seven unique devices, and, like, I think about five different devices for each uh, each episode right now. Oh, nice. Okay. That's that's still that's people that's some people. Oh no, we totally have people listening. I just you know I, me and you and maybe Noel. I don't know. But there's other people. Someone's there's, listening. Someone's listening, and at least someone, if anyone, out there. Hey, thanks for sticking with us, guys. Well, we've gotten feedback. Um, your friend gave us some feedback. Your mm-hmm. sister listened. My sister and listened. a good uh, one of my buddies from college. Uh, actually, the guy who did the intro, uh, Nate Bradley. He said, you know, hey man, it's doing pretty good. Good. And uh, he sent me the intro music so long ago that he forgot that he wrote it for us. <laughs> That's awesome. Because he's like, hey man, I really like your intro. And at first, I thought he was kidding. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, it's like yeah, some jackass wrote it for me, you know. And, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, it's like I've been sitting on it for like two years. I, you know, I haven't had a place to use it. And I'm glad I finally found a place for it. Right. And he's like, wait, I wrote that? I was like, yeah, yeah man. Dude. You totally wrote that. So, uh, Nate, thanks again, man. We we do appreciate it. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it's probably like the most legit part of this podcast <laughs> is right. the intro music. The end, you just get me like, doo ba doo ba doo Yeah. So... I'm just scat daddling around the end, but um, yeah, man. I mean, I love the intro. I think it's I one of the. Too. It's definitely uh, something that makes me feel so, a little more Nate, legit. Nate, since you're listening, we need a we need an outro music now. Yeah, help, man. Help us out with that. Listen, one, man. man. He gave us a free intro. I, I would know. not fucking ask for an outro. I mean, if you want to, Nate, just let me know. But. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, shit, man! It has been a week, dude. It has for sure. Like I um. So normally I start on Monday. I start compiling information for this podcast. I start finding like, oh, these are the different news segments. I start thinking about discussion topics, like all kinds of shit. Yeah, I think I actually sent you something, one of our news items on Monday, and it took you almost a Wednesday to be like, oh shit, yeah, let's do this. <sighs> yeah, did I even get a when, dude? I think I put together, I started putting our shit together Thursday. I believe that. But We're I recording mean, like, this Saturday actually, night. You, so. you got to me, you got back to me about it. It was like, oh yeah, let's do that on on. It was like Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. It was like a couple of days later. Oh, man. Well, so this week has just been nuts. Like I it said, has. Uh, it has been. I work in the food industry. Again, I work for a large food manufacturer. I don't want to fucking say names because I don't know, man. Like they might get pissy about it. Who knows? Right. But uh, let's just say that they, uh, they, they, I make lawyers frozen food. Lawyers to do that. Yeah, lawyers get pissy. Um, I work for, uh, I work for a specifically a uh, frozen division of this company. Right. And we have uh, audits, like food audits happen all the time. It's just completely normal. It's not like, you know, hey, you guys have a problem. It's just, it's to make sure we don't have a problem and we're just covering it up, you know? Right. So we have an internal audit that came in and it is the equivalent of like my Super Bowl every year. Yeah. Like I've got a couple audits that come in and some are like, I don't know, man, like slow pitch softball. It's like, okay, these are going to be really easy. I know what they're coming in for. They'll tell me all the information, but this one. Oh, man, it didn't go bad. Like, it actually went really well. We exceeded all of our expectations. We did everything we needed to. So, you know, by, like, you know, my day job is, like, a food scientist. Man, things are going fucking really well right there. Um, I killed it. My boss killed it. We did a really good job. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, no, I mean, it is because it means I get to keep my job, which, you know, pays for my house and shit. Oh, my God, dude. Like, I mean, normally this would have happened at the beginning of October. 
but due to some reasons, it happened in uh, November. Sure. So oh, I spent all of September thinking it was going to happen in October, and then I got to spend all of October stressing about it as well. <laughs> oh, man. that, that so, Oh, yeah. So it's just been like two fucking months of just like, ah! <laughs> so I finally am getting this off my fucking like, back a little bit. Um, I've got another audit just as serious, but not as stressful in a weird way. Because, again, it's one of those audits that tells you what's all coming, so I don't have to, like, oh, my God. Like, I know exactly what's due for You don't have to plan for everything. You can plan specifically. Yeah, it's just, like, this is, like, pulling documents and stuff. Like, just pull the evidence, which I have. um, So I'm not stressed about it. (laughs) Right. But it is a big audit coming up, but it's, like, nowhere near as stressful as this last one. So, oh, my God. So it just, I had, I didn't get to fucking shit for this. Right. I didn't fucking prep anything. Like, I just, I started throwing news into it, like, Thursday. I think we only got a couple articles. So, I mean, we'll get, we, we'll we've talk got, about We've what got we have. good articles, though. The articles we've got for this week are, are, are good articles. Yeah, I don't think we have shit. It's not like, you know, I don't mean, like, oh, God, this is garbage. I just right. mean, like, oh, my God. Like, I, normally, I, I try to deep dive into what's happening in the world. And, and like. You definitely, you definitely do more of the prep <coughs> work than I do. And I appreciate that, but... No, nah, it's no stress. I like doing it. I know you do. I, I I mean, I wish I could. I just... I don't have the attention span to sit there and try and find good good articles like that. I mean, in a way, like, collating data is kind of my thing. It is. Like, researching and pulling, like, what I need. Like, I do that for work. You do. Like, oh, let's, let's see what's happening in the food industry. Oh, I can take this. And I can take this and do this here and do this and this. So, I don't know. It's just kind of extending what I already do, but it's except stuff I really, really enjoy instead of like, which makes hey it that man, much better. What is you know what is Listeria diet? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, but other. I mean, I did get some stuff in this week though. You did. Um, I was able to between the last time we recorded and this time. Uh, the big one I really want to talk about, I think, is I was able to play Marvel Champions. Yeah. The card game LCG. Oh my god, it's so fun. I can't wait. I you've been telling me about this one. I am so excited to to finally sit down and get to play it with you one time. It just obviously hasn't been this week for me. Yeah, and that's fine, man. Like we'll find time. Don't worry. Like I'm going to be playing this consistently. I yeah, think it's going to be my favorite. So the thing I really dig about it, uh right now is it starts off with a new evergreen, you think? Oh yeah, I think I think it's going to be really big. Excuse me, guys. Uh, I think it's going to be really big for Fantasy Flight. It is, uh, so it starts off right now, like I said, we get like Spider-Man, Iron Man, She-Hulk, Cap, Marvel, and Black Panther. Right. And then it's got Rhino, Claw, and Ultron as your villains. And then it's going, like, they're going to come out with new hero decks, new villain decks, and like some other shit in between. So, like, you have like four attributes. It's like leadership, justice, aggression, and like something else. I don't remember what it is. Yeah. It didn't seem that exciting. Uh, it's like tactics or I don't know. It didn't seem that exciting to me yet. And you just build decks like all like all heroes are always going to have 15 cards that go in their deck. And then if you want to do like the uh, Justice deck, like I have a Spider-Man deck right now that's Justice oriented. Oh, that's cool. And it's like, oh, and you just like kind of like card values and like plug plug and play pretty much. It's deck building. Nice. Except, you know, you just know what you're going to get in each pack. Right. And then the villain decks are modular. Like they're always going to have certain cards to them. Like Rhino's always going to have like charge and armor and shit like that. But you're going to add, they were like a uh, bomb threat. <laughs> Or you're gonna add like this and that, so it's like it's so you can change up like what the side schemes are, what the villain's main theme is always gonna be the same, but the side schemes kind of change up, and then like what like henchmen or other villains might show up, right. dependent on like what you have. Like if I'm playing Spider Man, I think Vulture's my side scheme, so like that'll get shuffled in there somehow. If you're playing like uh, I don't know like 
Black Panther. It'd be like Killmonger, you know? That's cool. Things like that. So it's so cool. Like, you, you have a main villain and then you have a secondary villain is what you're saying? Uh, a little bit. Like there's multiple villains that come out and like maybe they're like scheming with like the side scheme, like the bomb threat. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe they're working with like Rhino. And I mean, they, this isn't the game yet, but like maybe like Rhino, like, you know, Rhino would have like Sinister Six dudes with him or something. That'd, that'd be cool. Yeah. And I think that's something that we'll definitely see. Uh, the next villain expansion is... Green Goblin. Oh. And the next hero expansion is Captain America. And then uh, Miss Marvel is on the docket as well, Camilla Khan. Oh, okay. And what's really cool is each of the hero expansions, they're going to, like, the recommended attribute you play with, like, you know, aggression, justice, whatever. Um, and they're going to come with a fully playable deck. So if you don't want a deck build, which some people don't, like, yeah. some people are going to want to play this game. They're just going to be like, well, I just want, I just want a deck of cards, which is cool. Like, this would be... I don't know, like it's a little. I mean, it's a little more in depth than Sentinels, but they're going to come with fully built uh, player decks, which are going to add neutral cards and then certain attributes. Like I'm sure Captain America. I haven't looked at his deck list yet, but I'm willing to put almost all the money I have in my bank account that it's probably going to be a leadership deck. Right. That's just my guess. I don't think Cap's going to be an aggression deck. Um, Diplomacy deck, maybe. Maybe, and then justice I think deck. you know Kamala. I think is going to be a justice and so on and so forth. Like they when they come, when and if they come out with Hulk, which they will, they're going to come out with all the main sure. heroes. I bet he'll be aggression. You know, shit oh, like yeah. that. So it's really <clears throat> you may you may get a a uh, I don't know like a scientific deck with him as Banner. Also, maybe that because something like that would be really cool. I mean, it could be. So what's coin. cool is you always you do have uh, your your alter ego ha- is a playable side. So the way it'll work like. You can, like, you'll get attacked if you're in your hero side, and if you're on your alter ego side, you get schemed on. So you decide once per turn if you want to flip your card. So your main hero card, you can either flip to their alter ego side so you can, like, heal up, or you can flip to the hero side so you can, like, start dealing damage. Because obviously, your alter ego side is not going to be throwing punches. That's right. just not how it works. Unless he's Wolverine. Even then, I don't think, I mean, maybe, but that's just not how the game's designed right now. Like, your alter ego has, like, a power. Like, uh, I, the only one I know off the top of my head is Peter Parker. He gives you a resource. So what's really interesting about this is you get your deck and your deck is how you, your deck, your hand of cards, I mean, sorry, is how you pay for the rest of your cards. So they all have icons on them and like maybe a card will say like, uh, you know, it's cost four. So you have to discard four cards or four icons. Um, Some cards are worth multiples because they're really powerful. Some aren't. Uh, Peter Parker gives you an extra science icon, which sometimes if you spend a science icon to play a card or so on and so forth, you get like extra perks to it. And it's just, it's really cool in that aspect. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I've only played it a couple times. I haven't fucked around too much with the deck building, but I'm really looking forward to getting into it a little bit more. Um, now that I, I theoretically have a little bit more free time, uh, I'm looking forward to checking that out a little bit. That sounds fantastic. I, I can't wait to get get my hands on, on this, this game because I this sounds like a fantastic time. Oh my God, it's so good, dude. I think you're really going to like it. You're going to want to buy it, I think. Uh, probably. I, <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Oh, man. Uh, this week sometime. Let me know when you're free, and uh, whatever day you're off, uh, we'll try to get it to the table. Sounds good. Because I'd love to get it to the table some more. There's more I want to do, and I mean, I want to try some of the other heroes as well. Right. Uh, I think the deck pool, I think the card pool is a little light. It is a core set, um, and that's going to happen. So it's weird, and a lot of core sets, they say you need to buy like three of the cores to get everything you need. This one, you don't really need that, it looks like. Just because there's such different like attributes you're playing with your heroes, and like the way the deck building is. But it does feel like there's not a lot of options yet, which that's okay. Like the card pool right now is only probably a couple hundred cards, which still that's, that's a good yeah. amount, but it's a great amount. But like I said, you got also got to think, you know, it's like, okay, well 
you know, I only have, uh, if it's a couple hundred cards and there's four different attributes, that means maybe you have like 40 or 50 of each card type. Right. And then you have like some basics and shit. So it's, the card pool's not there yet. Right. Which is fine. It's, right. that's it'll, exactly it'll, how it, it, sound, it sounds like they already know that they're getting to that point in the, uh, here soon in the future. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to build any card game. It's hard to build a card. Like at that first core set or that first set, it's always hard. Okay. I remember when Yu-Gi-Oh came out, like you got your starter decks, but if you didn't buy a starter deck, you were like, I'm just going to buy a box of boosters and try to build a deck. Man, you had a hard time building a deck, that's for sure. Yeah, like everyone started with starter decks in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, you had, you and there had was like a reason one for that. of five options at one point. Yeah, and I mean, hell, like, I mean, it's so hard to build, uh, like, you know, it's so hard to build decks of cards out of just like packs that... Especially if you, if you don't know what you're getting. Yeah, well, if you play in uh, Pokemon nowadays, you get what's called in your... If you play a sealed tournament, uh -huh. you get a couple boosters. They'll provide all the energies you need, but you'll also get what's called an evolution pack. So you'll get a uh, pack of, like, 22 cards that's guaranteed at least one three-level evolution and, multi, like, different things like that. So that way you are guaranteed to get some Pokemon that you can fucking use. <laughs> Uh, because I've been in sealed tournaments where it's like you just get fucking hammered. Because you get like four Weedles. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, oh man, I think it was, uh, it was back in my magic days, which didn't last long. I did right. a sealed draft, and it was one of the most miserable fucking experiences of my life. I don't remember what set it was. Uh, it was, would have been 2002, <laughs> 2003, I think. So and you, you know more about magic than I do. I never got yeah, into well, magic. This is when I was first getting in. Everyone's like, oh, my God, do this seal draft. You're going to love it. You're going to fucking love it. And I uh, so we did the seal draft. It took fucking forever. Mm -hmm. And we were playing. I like nobody drew shit. It was a <laughs> shitty set. There was nothing drawn that was really fucking magical and nothing that really blended together. Nice. So like, we're trying to do this fucking draft and it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Like, I think the guy who won, like, it was just like, hey, whatever. This is, yeah. People yeah. quit, man. Like, I remember midway through, like, one guy was like, this is fucking shit. I'm done. He just left. So, that sucked. It was easier to do, like, seal drafts with, like, I found it to be easier to do seal drafts, at least with uh, Mage Knight and Mech Warrior. Because you got, like, a couple booster packs. You always got a couple infantry, a couple tanks, whatever. And you always, like, okay, cool. I've just got troops, at least. Like, it's a miniatures battle game. Right. So you can always build something. And it's like, I don't know if it's going to be good. But, like, you could always be, like, at least you could field an army that you're, like, well, I don't need resources for. <laughs> right. And at least that at that point, you're going, hey, I'm, I may not have a great army, but at least I have a small army that has a chance. Like, looking back, I think I never played, a, like, a sealed Pokemon tournament. But, like, how shitty would it be? Like, okay, you know, you're opening up your packs and you draw, like, a Charizard. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I have a Charizard and a Charmander. No Charmander. How shitty would that be? Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I can't even fucking imagine that shit. Or you, you, <coughs> draw, you draw the Charizard and nothing else. Oh, man, just Charmeleon. Yeah. So, and I mean, like, I, I don't know if these cards... I don't know what's coming out in Pokemon card games nowadays. I don't play collectible card games. I only play LCGs when it comes to that. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's like... That's one of the reasons I like the LCG. I used to, I used to play uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! tournaments. And I was okay. I was decent enough in those in Yu-Gi-Oh! Where I could take most people's worst deck and play it pretty well. So, the, it was always the deck that didn't have anything over, like, 1,500 attack points. But everything was decent defense, so you could build around that enough that, you know, I always had the rule, if you're going to make me play with your worst deck, let me put in, like, three to five cards of my own. And, <clears throat> I, and I could usually play decently enough that way. 
One of the best decks I ever played in Yu-Gi-Oh, I think, it was a Catapult Turtle deck. Mm -hmm. And it was all about, I, I can't remember specifics, but it was like, there was like a Mad Scientist card where it's like you could like bring cards from your uh, Polymerization deck uh, out. Mm -hmm. And so I just threw a bunch of shit like fucking Red Eyes, Black Dragon, or whatever it was. Like just a bunch, yeah, just a bunch of shit from my Polymerization deck so that I could just use, like, I think it was Mad Scientist, and then just launch him with Catapult Turtle. Nice. And it's just like, ah, attack your life points directly. Yeah. <laughs> And then you throw Exodia in there for good measure. Right. I don't think I ever got an Exodia win. I don't know uh, anyone who actually did. Uh, I saw it a couple times. Uh, I've seen, I've, Exodia decks were really hard to run. God, this is taking me back 20 fucking years, I think. Yeah. Like 99, 2000s. Gotta be when I was playing these card games. So, speaking of 99, 2000, in 2002, there was a movie. And the, the, the reason I'm bringing it up is because apparently they put out the sequel on Tuesday. I want to know how you feel about this, first of all. Doing the these sequels that are so far distanced that even the <coughs> original cast is like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere near this. I mean, the original Ghostbusters cast just said they're coming back, so I don't know. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what you got. Undercover Brother. You ever seen Undercover Brother? With Eddie Griffin, Neil Patrick Harris, and Chris Kattan? Man, this thing goes back a while. Was it like an Austin Powers, like, 70s flick kind of thing? It was a... It was a uh, Yes, it was like an Austin Powers spy flick parody. Type so it was a movie. comedy movie, right? It was a it was a comedy movie. Then he like had like a gold like a like a he, gold afro yeah, clock or something with a yeah. pick or whatever. So he had he had he had the gold amulet with the fist on it. All and right. They were they were fighting the man and they were using like Kentucky Fried Chicken basically as a brainwashing of people. It was it's a terrible movie. It's a hilarious movie. I love this movie. Mm -hmm. But they put out Undercover Brother 2. And I picked it up because I was like, I looked at this and went, this is going to be a terrible So it's like a straight-to-DVD movie kind oh, of yeah. thing? Oh, yeah. Has it got the same cast in it? Nope. Not a single person. Has it got the same act? Like, the same, like, characters? The only character is, uh, from what I could tell, Undercover Brother is in it. But it is Undercover Brother and his younger brother, who's not quite as cool as, young, uh, uh, as Undercover Brother. And uh, they've been locked in a, uh, they've been frozen in a coma for the last 20 years. Yeah, this doesn't sound good, man. No, it doesn't. It Did sounds, you watch this? I have not watched it yet. Why would you spend money on this? Because it looks terrible. <laughs> I mean, there's looks terrible and there's looks terrible and spend money. And I don't know if this is looks terrible and spends money, man. This is one of those that I'm going, this looks absolutely terrible. I will gladly spend a little bit of money on this just to just to see how bad this is. So we don't film these commandos, obviously, as you're well aware that you only listen to it through your ears. But the look of disdain and just confusion I'm giving Squiggles right now. Oh, it's priceless. Like, what? Why would you spend? Man, you, I mean, you make your choices. I'm not here to judge you, but this sounds like a terrible waste of money. <laughs> it might have been, but at the same time, it's one. I, I mean, you know, I love a good, terrible movie. This is this is going to be a good. I feel like this is going beyond a good, terrible movie, man. <laughs> this is this is going to be bad. This is going to be awful. And I hope it. I really hope it is. I will update. When what if it's good? Like, what are you watching? Like, dude, this should win an Oscar. I, you know what? If that's the case, more power to him. I, I don't, I do not look at this and go, this should, this should win. Oh, there's anything. no way this is gonna win an Oscar. No, this should. I can tell you that right now, man. No, I feel very safe in saying that no one in this cast is deserving of any type of good award. <laughs> Maybe some raspberries and shit, but there's no way this one deserves a fucking good award. I'm willing to fucking stake a claim on it. Right, never seeing it, never gonna see it. 
I'm willing to say it right here. You heard it here, folks. That's the hot take from Rooster. <laughs> I and again, this is this is one of those movies that I remember watching and just laughing my ass off. And I'm hoping I get some of the same terrible laughs from this, this <laughs> oh, sequel, man. this straight to DVD sequel that nobody even knew was coming out. Apparently, it just, I just walked into Walmart and boom, there it was. I was like. Oh, this is going to be awful. I'm, I'm buying this. You need a life coach, brother. That's what that's telling me, man. You mean to me, you need someone to be like, what are you going to spend your fucking money on? They come fucking hit you. <laughs> no. Seems like a bad choice. Whatever, man. Party on. I will not be watching this with you, man. <laughs> I will not be watching this one. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. What else did I get to this week? Uh, oh, I played Formula D, man. It's a racing game. I've actually, I know, you know, you're like racing and I'll automatically turn off. Uh, it's a racing board game I have wanted to play for a couple years now. Oh, yeah? Formula D is really cool in the fact that each uh, set you buy is a real racetrack, a real Formula One racetrack on one side, and the other side is like fantasy, like Tokyo Drift kind of style race. Okay. And the way it works is, you know, you roll, you pull a position, wherever you are going to start, where whatever car you're going to start, wherever you are, and then you just, you know, you start rolling die. So there's six gears you can shift in and out of. Um, you can only go up one gear each turn. So it's like you go like one, which gear one lets you move one to two spaces. Okay. You roll a fucking four-sided die, you get a one or a two. Gear two lets you go like three or four spaces. It's a six-sided die. You know, you roll, you get threes or fours. Gear three, fucking you're going a little bit farther. Four is like seven to 12. It's like uh, 10-sided or 12-sided. Um, it works your way up. No, it'd be a 10-sided, I guess. Yeah. Eight sided and then yeah, eight side. Yeah, eight ten and then gear five is a twenty sided, and then gear six is it's like I don't know how big it is. It's like thirty fucking different. It's like thirty different numbers you can get on it. I don't know. It's a fucking lot faster. And then those spaces depend on how fast you're gonna go, and you know how many spa uh, spaces you're gonna move. Now you have to be careful because you can't just go to like fucking six gear and just rock it all the entire time. Uh, you have like health points in your car you got to deal with uh, because there's these turns you make. And when you make these turns, you have to stop depending on how many number, like some turns are one stop, some turns are three stops, so on and so forth. So as long as you stop at least once in a one stop, you're good to go. Then you can fucking shift up and just fucking fly through it, you know? But if you overshoot that and you don't stop the amount of, uh, on the one turn, then you're going to take damage equal to however many spa uh, spaces you overshoot that turn by. Okay. So like say, uh, you know, there you overshoot that turn by four spaces, you're taking four points of damage on your car. We played on the simple mode. There's a hard mode that's a lot more hardcore about like where the damage is going in your car. We did not play that. I'm not going to play on that. I'll get to that in a minute. So the way it works, you know, you take these turns. If it's a two break or a three break and you only stop and you don't stop at all, your car flies off the track and you fucking lose. Um, if it's a two break, you can stop once and then fly through it and you're just going to take damage three break and then you got to stop twice and do the same thing. And then like, you know, you're on straightways, obviously. So you're trying to shift up and go faster. Well, you can shift down up to three though. So you can shift down one for free and then you can shift down one or two more times, but it's going to cost you like damage. Cause you're like fucking, you know, breaking your gearbox. Okay. And it, it doesn't sound as good on like explanation as like me just sitting here like, hey, man, they played this racing game. But I saw it on tabletop a couple years ago and I thought, man, I really want to check this out. You know, I think I remember seeing that as well because you introduced me to tabletop. And then at one point I just went through every single uh, tabletop episode. And I, do, I think I do remember seeing that. Yeah, um, I played the one they did on tabletop. And then we played the one on the back of it, uh, the Monaco, uh, Monaco Bay and uh, the, whatever the other one is. I don't know. It's like some street race shit. And I have to say, uh, I did not expect to love it as much as I did. Um, I thought on tabletop, I was like, oh, this looks really cool. I would like to try this game out. 
uh, playing it, I fucking loved it. There's a lot of strategy to it, so you're trying to figure out like how far you can go. There's a push your luck kind of variant. Like that's how I won the game. Right. So I was playing with Aaron and Patches, and I was willing to gamble and burn through these turns. Like they'd always shift down a lot. Me, I was like, fuck it, let's gun it. I can break once in these two turns and then I'll take some damage. And then if it's later on in the game, I'll just shift down and like gain, you know, and hope not to take more damage. Because there's some spots where you'll take damage and if you go too fast, like you'll roll a die and you might take damage. It's it's kind of interesting. Like you might stall out your car and shit like that. Right. So I was always like, especially at the end of the first one, I was like, all right, well, I want to win. Like I could either let patches take set, take uh, the lead or I'll just shift up and hope that I roll under like a 20. So it was like, I think I was in like the 11 to 20 range. It was like year five. And I rolled a, I need, I, if I was like, if I roll a 17 or higher, I lose. But if I roll anything below that, I win. Like I'm going to win the game. That's pretty good odds too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like 30%, man. Like the odds were well in my favor. Right. But I mean, you know, you never know. I don't know. I was rolling pretty hot. I'll be honest. Right. So I rolled the fucking die and I fucking, I got like a 16. I was like one away. But then next turn I was able to shift up to six and just fucking blow through for like 30 points. So I was able to win. That's awesome. And then the second game was very similar. It's like, well, you know, I got to a good spot. I'm like, all right, if I gamble here, I can blow through this. And uh, it fucking worked for me. Like, the idea worked really well. I was able to land just where I needed to a couple times. So, I mean, I was really lucky, too. But it was all about, like I said, it's like push your luck. Like, no fucking guts, no glory. You know, it's street racing. That was kind of my logic. I was like, right. fucking, you know, no guts, no glory. Go fast. Go fast or go home. Yeah, so Vin Diesel would have been proud of me. <laughs> Hopefully. And like I said, I did not expect to like the game as much as I did. I thought it looked fun. I thought I was like, oh, I'll try it. I'll see what happens. Uh, it is. It's on a short list of things to buy for now. Okay. Oh, so you were you were playing it at at a uh, patches brought it over. Oh, okay. So okay. patches brought it over for our regular game sense. night the other night. That makes um, sense. Yeah. So I don't own it. Uh, I don't own it yet. But it is. I'm not gonna buy it before Christmas because it's always like dangerous to buy shit like November. Right. Like there's some shit you can always buy for yourself. She's like, no one's gonna fucking buy this obscure shit for me. But I don't know if I mention I like something, then Noel's like, finally I know things to like. So, right. I don't know. So on this one, I'm not gonna buy anything for myself until probably after my birthday at this point. So I got a good three and a half month window where I just try not to buy anything for myself in the year. Right. Uh. So yeah, there's that. I've actually got about that same three and a half month window. Mine's just the yeah. other half. And I mean, it works at this point in the year, you know, it's like you got to buy shit for people. Yeah. Like November, you just got to buy your Christmas presents. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I, I cannot recommend Formula D enough. I fucking was fascinated by it. I want to play more tracks. It's, I, honestly, I remember watching this and hearing you talk about it. I It sounds like a blast. I It sounds like something I would enjoy. Uh, and I, I mean, I know your recommendations are always good for me. That's I always say. Oh, shucks. Thanks, buddy. Well, yeah, you know. But no, yeah, uh, yeah. It, I mean, anytime you recommend something, it's usually something I'm also going to enjoy. We have very similar tastes in games, so um, I, I always take your recommendations very highly. So yeah, it was super cool. Like I said, there was a lot of strategy to it. Like I have no interest in Formula One racing. Nothing against Formula One racing. It's just not my cup of tea. Racing is not really the thing I want to dig. But there was so much strategy to the fucking game itself. Now I said there was an advanced setting to the game. Mm -hmm. That uh, the way that works is the way we played it. You just had 18 health points, and whenever your car would take damage, you just took damage. You dropped. You no, know, you're done. There is a setting uh, where you can either like you or your pilot has like certain health amounts of the car. Like your tires get a six, and your gearbox gets a three, and your springs get like a fucking two, and your brakes get a four, or whatever. 
And, you know, you spread out your health points and then different things do different things to your car. So what I mean is I might sneeze. So I apologize, Capitos. Okay, we'll edit out that sneeze at least. Oh, man. Sorry about that, guys. Trying to blow some fucking eardrums. <laughs> oh, allergies, you know. I don't know if it's allergies at this point or if it's a cold. Uh, it's definitely sinuses for me. I know oh, that much. Yeah. Anyway, back to the actual game part. <laughs> so, yeah, so you have different health points for different parts of your car. And, like, if you uh, shift too hard down, like, you're going to take gearbox damage. And, like, it's really cool that they add so many different elements to it. But at no point was I interested in that. Right. I mean, it's at some point, that's just overanalyzing. Yeah, I think it's like in a way I it honestly felt a little like D&D for like the Formula One like racing crowd. Right. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I definitely think there are people that are like are, I want this to the game. I want to feel have, like Patches is that guy. Yeah. Patches likes, you know, he likes car racing. That's his fucking thing. Like, and he likes. Yeah, he works for I, Speed I, 51 I could, at times. I, I, could stuff, see you know? pa- I could see Patches playing on that advanced level and being like, oh, I blew a tire. Oh, I, I broke a spring. You know, I could see Patches doing that. Yeah, oh, he, he loves racing stuff. Yeah, no, he's he's into racing. Like that's his thing. He ran a racing fan site for a while. He works for a racing website right now. You know, uh, you know, it's like his side job. Like he mm-hmm. works for a car company in his regular job, like car parts. Like Patches likes cars. Yeah, that's his thing, and that's cool. Like by no means am I going to begrudge him of that. It's just for me, there's that's just not, yeah, there's it, it went too deep for me. Like it was like but I'm not interested in this being part said, of things. The the tactical advance or the tactical advances of the the first setting, the easier setting. Yeah, is like perfect. Yeah, for, setting for the car easier, like, so you're just looking at the strategy of like the actual race itself. And you're like, all right, cool. I have I have 18 health points to spend. Right. And I mean, like, they'd be cool to watch the health points where you're like, all right, I got to worry about like my tires, my gearbox, and all this. I do think that'd be cool, but it's just for me, I'm less interested in that thematic part of it. So I'm like, eh. I don't need to deal with this specific type of resource management. Like, just give me one resource of, like, carware and let me deal with that. And that's what I want. So, I don't know. I might fuck around with some. When I get it, I might fuck around with some advanced advanced settings and see if I enjoy it. Maybe I'm wrong. But right now, I think... I mean, honestly, I I think that it would be a great gateway game. Yeah. I think people get into it. It's kind of a... It's a theme that people kind of at least understand. Like, oh, yeah, the race cars. Like, I get the idea. You go around a track. Whoever wins, wins. So you don't really have to be like, oh, like it's not breaking the fucking like, you're not, you know, you're not counting victory points. You're not. Yeah, it's nothing crazy like that. It's just whoever gets here first, man. It's just a simple as weird as it is to like champion a roll and move game, because <laughs> that's I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those mechanics that in like hobby board game and you're like, fuck roll and move, fuck player elimination, because there could be player elimination, yeah. too. So it's so weird to champion something like that. But I think that it uh, if it's done well. Well, And how how fast does it go? Does it seem to go like a, a fast game? I, I would say I think we played our games in between 40 and 60 minutes. So not too bad. So the game itself says you're going to play 60. Uh, you can play up to 10 people, which I think would take more. Oh, and yeah. then uh, it's also got a really cool mechanic that each round, whoever's in the lead goes first. So then it's like lead car and then so on and so forth down to the last place. So three people played it in 40-ish minutes, I would say. I can definitely see it going longer for more people because even when someone wins, you want to know what like, your actual position ranking is. Right. Um, I mean, I legitimately, if there was like a campaign where it's like, oh, like someone had all six boards and they want to do like Mario Kart style, like fucking points yeah. for a placement, I would play that. That's cool. Like, it's something I would definitely enjoy. Like, fucking throw it up on the wall. Give yourself, I don't know, like, your game group some sort of, like, fucking campaign points for it. I don't know what it would be. But I would play the shit out of that, if I'm being honest. I really fucking enjoyed it. And then the the uh, the Tokyo Drift style, actually, was really fun, too. Oh, yeah? So, I mean, pretty much the same mechanics as everything. Uh, the characters, instead of being, like, 
the regular looking race car drivers, like, because all the characters on the one side are just like, you know, regular Formula One drivers. They got like helmets on and like fucking fire suits. Right. My uh, my Tokyo Drift-esque character was like this fucking lady with like fucking fluorescent cat ears wearing like a mini skirt and like, yeah, you know, and like she uh, they have powers. So, oh, really? yeah, we didn't play with the powers, but they have fucking powers that they can do different shit. And then you get NOS as well. So you get to activate. You can go uh, whatever gear you're in. You can go that many spaces. And like there was one part where your car healed up damage. You went past whoever was fastest through a speed trap actually healed up damage. <laughs> nice. So it was like, do you want to like risk reward like to heal two points, but burn through this fucking turn? That's a speed trap. And it was, I mean, I've, there was a lot of tactical, like, interesting to it. At one point of the board, like, fucking the Nate, like, the residents would uh, shoot at the cars they drove past, like Tuscan Raiders doing pod racing because they were mad because they were waking you up at, like, 2 a.m. because it's, like, night racing and shit and it's illegal. But I don't know, man. Like, there's just something about this game that was just fucking fun and fascinating. And it's a game that I will happily dive back into. Sounds like a good time, that's for sure. Yeah, man, it's from uh, Asmodee, I guess. I'm not sure what publisher, it just said Asmodee on the box, so whoever the fuck put it out, they probably bought it from another country and just uh, brought it over here, because I can imagine that Formula D probably is a game, I'm going to put money that it started in like, Germany or someplace like probably. that. Probably. Because that's just, I don't think someone's putting out a Formula 1 racing game here in the States originally. Right. Like, I'm guessing this got translated. There's not even much to translate, though. Numbers are numbers, and simple, like, okay, cool, like, on through 18, boom, you got it. But yeah, man, Formula D, I cannot recommend it enough. It is super fucking fun. Sounds like a good time. That <sighs> definitely sounds like a good time. Yeah, man. Uh, did you check anything else out? You want me to just keep talking about my week? Uh, honestly, the the only other thing I really had time to check out this week was, was uh, Kill on the Hill, which was absolutely fantastic. Oh, I've heard of Kill on the Hill. Yeah, you were in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. But it's one of the things, um, it's one of the things I really enjoyed going up and, and seeing local theater anyways. But to be able to get to go and, you know, see your friends do this kind of stuff is just fantastic in, in and of itself. And the, 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 it was all improv pretty much. Yep. I mean, I know you guys had like a small basic story to, to tell, but it was all improv. Um, but it was fantastic. And it, it was just, it was a good time just to, to go out and, and enjoy a show that you know normally you don't get to see something like that and it was it was just a cool uh, a cool night out to to hang out and 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 enjoy this show yeah one of the things we like to do so uh it's called killing the hill it's up at spring hill historic home in maslin ohio uh, i'm on the board of trustees so i guess like full of disclosure i'm a trustee they think that i'm gonna like help like take care of it and shit i don't know <laughs> Uh, I actually love being up there. I know. You. Uh, we do a lot of plays up there. Squiggles has helped us out a couple times now. It's where I'm doing like the ghost tours. It's where we did Ghost of Kendall a couple of weeks ago. And we're doing, it's called Killing the Hill on this one. It's set in like 1969 during the moon landing. Uh, I'm playing a conspiracy theorist. So I'm wearing like a tinfoil hat. I'm trying to get other people can, to wear tinfoil. I, I, I can just say, you couldn't have played it any better because, man, you sounded like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just uh, a lot of man. Like I'm finding I'm saying that a lot more tonight and yeah, like this man. weekend. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, what's up, man? Man. Yeah. And it's one, one of those that snuck into your vocabulary for this. Yeah, it's like, like it's gonna it's gonna, it's gonna be gonna there for stick, a couple days yeah, probably. It's gonna, it's gonna be there a week. a week or two. 
and it's 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 just fun. It's all improv theater. So like, there's a murder mystery. Uh, someone dies, and then all the characters get interrogated. It's me and a friend of mine. Uh, her name's Jamie. We are playing. Uh, she's playing Hopeless Case, and I'm playing Ben there. <laughs> so the joke is, you know, Hopeless Case and Ben, ben there, there done that. And uh, we're uh, we're conspiracy theorists. So like we're, I'm like the moon landing's not real, man, and like the government's out to get you, you know, like the UN, man, they're just like coming in with their black helicopters and they're like mutilating cows and stuff, dude. Like you so need a tinfoil hat, dude. Right, you gotta put the tinfoil on, man. Yeah, man, it's gonna block the CIA's like, you know, shit that's coming into your brain. I bet you this is gonna get our podcast tracked by some fucking oh, probably. Group. But can I just say I wore the tinfoil hat the whole night? Yeah. Uh, oh my god. So people were so confused. So Squiggles brought his girlfriend in. And I saw, like, I came in around the corner just as they got there, and I'm like, fucking perfect. Yep. Because I've been giving people tinfoil hats anyway, but, like, I know Squiggles, so I'm, like, I walked up, and I, like, I put the hat on him, and I grabbed his face, and I got really close, and I'm, like, just screaming fucking just lunatic gibberish. Like, my, and that's might might I just add, um, she didn't know who you were at the time, <laughs> so she figured it out afterwards, but she, like, didn't, she didn't know. She's like, the fuck? fuck did you just bring me to yeah well that's why like i was like no that's rooster that is fine it's my first like, reaction was to give her a hat as well but then i'm like man this lady has not met me right like i can't fuck with her as much as i can fuck with the guy that lives in my basement right <laughs> and oh my god dude it was uh man no it was fun though we had a really good time yeah we actually we had a she she, uh, she absolutely loved it good she good. actually figured out who the murderer was uh-huh. um Hey, so they're fun to do because they're hard to sell. Like, we have different murderers every night. Oh, yeah? And uh, last night, actually, it was Jamie's character. It was Hopeless Case. Oh, okay. So she killed him. Uh, tonight it was uh, fucking Amanda's, Amanda's character. character. Mary, 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 Mary A. Richmond. 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 <laughs> and then tomorrow is... Uh, it's going to be the guy's wife. Oh, okay. It's going to be Lois. Um, Tara, who so plays Lois. So it's not going to be Sal at all? Nope. All femme really? fatales this one. That's awesome, but... No, we were we were stuck between Mary and Sal, so yeah, he plays it very well. Apparently, like he's supposed to just be a stoner and there's nothing, but apparently he's doing it. Well, and it's a lot of the. I wish we hadn't gone to him first, because had we not gone to him first, we'd have actually had questions. We didn't have a lot of questions for the stoners because we didn't have any information about yeah, it. Yeah, you always get that. Like people are always like, "Man, I wish I'd have seen these people first. I'm like, "Hey, man, like we can't." Everyone's got to start in a different room. Yep. Really start. We can't like tread you through because we have so many people come through. You got to put the groups differently like that. And it, like I said, I mean, it went pretty well. Uh, we had a one of my favorite things about this kind of style of theater is it's all improv. So you come in, you're investigating, like you're investigating, and the actors, like myself and Jamie, we are fucking standing there, and we get to be like we get to interact with the audience, and we get to all improv. So unlike other shows where and she was, she was very good too, yeah. man. She was. Oh, she's great, man. Yeah, she Jamie's playing, fantastic. To work she was. With. She was playing a, a a hippie stoner. Yeah. She was playing high, and man, she was she was playing it well. Still, still smart enough to actually answer the questions, but not not so stoners, but yeah. stoned out of her mind. She actually that lost daughter for the case for the cases. I figured that. Yeah, figured out, but yeah, uh, we, we we figured that. We just we didn't know how to actually get that. Oh yeah, it's not important. That. It's not important now because like she's she wasn't the killer night. Right. But for the killer night, it's like high new, and that's why he was. That's why she killed him. So, anyways. Uh, back to the next thing. So when you're playing an actor like this, you get to interact. Unlike when you get a heckler or you get someone who's not, fu- who's like kind of being a fucking asshole to you as an actor. Like normally you're like, I there's a lot, a very small constraint that you can work in. Right. Like man, I can't just haul off and hit a guy. Like that's not cool anyway. But like you can't, 
But when you're doing this, if a guy's giving you shit and you're an improv actor and your entire thing is to like bounce back and like interact with the audience, fucking game on, man. Yeah. So I'm not saying you should fuck with actors because it's a super douchey thing to do. Like yeah, I it definitely. Oh is. my god. So this, so anyway, this to do it in, to do it with a, an improv group like this, man, you're asking for trouble. Yeah. So this fucking dude comes in and he's like all pissy, and like I'm like a stone fucking like. Uh, conspiracy theorist so I'm like yeah man like the man's out to get us you know like they're coming and like they're doing this man and the guy's like can you not end every sentence with man and I was like I don't know man it sounds like it'd be hard to do man <laughs> and he's like I'm done and he storms out I'm like what the fuck man like what are you doing dude you came to yeah I'm like you, you came, came like I'm this. playing an actor like I don't know if you're aware of this but as an actor my job is to be a character and the character I was given is a stoner fucking conspiracy theorist dude so that's what I'm get. that's what that is what I'm going to be you're going to get information from me it's just I'm also going to be kind of annoying and like that's just that's the character I have right like we play caricatures when you go to a murder mystery you're almost always going to see these just fucking 2D caricatures there's not a lot of character development it's, it's because we have your character has this trait. Yeah, Play you got up. 20 minutes before the murder happens, talk to us, 10 minutes in the rooms, and then maybe 10 minutes after the rooms. Right. So all in all, maybe you're going to see us for, you get a chance to talk to us for 40 minutes, and you're not going to be talking to my character specifically for that full 40 minutes. No. So it's like, you've got, you're only going to see a little bit, So, but this guy's being a total fucking dick. And... So he comes back in the room a little bit later and, you know, we're talking, you know, and I'm like, yeah, man, you know how far away the moon is? Like, you can't just get there, man. The moon landing's totally a fake, man. <laughs> and he's like, no, the moon's like, however, he gave like exact fucking like distance to the moon. Like I Googled it later. I was like, fuck, man, this guy like either knows it off the top of his head or he Googled it. And then, you know, and I'm talking about like these, uh, the shadow government, man. He's like, what government? I was like, you know, like Kubrick doing the, the yeah, movie. yeah. Kubrick did the movie. He did the, you I know, don't know I, if you did that for other groups. I, uh, yeah. Well, that's an actual theory. That's an actual I know conspiracy it's an actual theory. theory. Because, like, all my conspiracy theories, a lot of them were, like, based in, like, truths and shit. And some shit I just made up because fucking conspiracy theories. And because I know the moon landing happened. I totally believe that. Anyway, that's a different story. I just because had to how, let you guys how, know. How else do we get to meet aliens if we didn't go to space? Yeah. It's like, I just, I totally feel the moon landing happened. Like, I don't think it's conspiracy theory. I, it fucking happened. That's a different story. I didn't believe any of the shit I'm saying. So, anyway, I'm like, oh, yeah, the shadow government, man. You know, like, the man, dude. And he's like, well, who's the man? And I was like, the government. He's like, what government? I'm like, you know, like, the UN, man. And he goes off fucking the un is a non-government organization that's there and i'm like see man like that's where they're trying to get you man that's what they want you to think dude <laughs> and then like there was some other shit that he said that was just like just fucking heckling us being a total dick right and then like the uh so cyanide is how we killed the guy how we killed the um the victim in the murder mystery not the fucking heckler and Did you like that? I knew that. Yeah, it was fun, randomly. So anyway, cyanide's like almonds, you know? It's like, oh, it's kind of got like that almond like smell, I guess, yeah. or whatever. And so we talk about almonds. And like the like joke is like we're like hippies, so we live off the land. It's all natural. And we're like, oh, almonds, man. I love almonds, dude. And so <laughs> Jamie's character, though, she's like, oh, I, I can't eat almonds. Like, I, you know, I can't eat them. And he's like, why? What happens if you eat them? And it's like, man, she's like, get sick, man. He's like, really? Why? And I was like, it's called, like, anaphylactic shock, Mr. Smarty Pants. It's when her fucking throat closes up. So, like, she's allergic to him, dude. And then he's like, oh, well, I knew that. I'm a paramedic. And then he shut the fuck up, finally. Really? So I think whenever I started, like, throwing back at him, like, he fucking was like, oh. And, like, I'm sorry if you're not having a good time, but don't be a fucking dick. Like, I'm not getting paid to be there. Right. Like, you paid not, to not be to there. Not to mention, you paid to be there. And, yeah, you bought your ticket, but you're still, you're still there for a show. 
You're you're there. You're there to have a good time. Don't don't ruin it for everyone. Else. Yeah, it's like I'm sorry if you're not enjoying the show you paid for. Like I don't know what you thought you'd get. Like we tell you, it's a murder mystery set at Spring Hill Historic Home in 1960, yeah, July 20th, 1969. Like that's right. the thing. You're gonna meet characters from 1969. Caricatures, I should say. Yeah. And like I mean, I know like right now we're probably talking to a smaller demographic of the commandos here because like you guys aren't all theater nerds and you're not all going out to these interactive events. But just if you go out to an interactive theater event from the bottom of my fucking theater degreed heart, please don't be a dick about it. Like if you don't like the show and that's cool, I have seen and dropped money on shows I have right. not enjoyed. I, uh, I mean, everyone has and that that happens, but you don't go in expecting it to be a bad show. Yeah, it's the same way, like, it's community theater, man. Like, there's very, like, we're just doing our best out there. Like, we're not, very few of us are professional actors. Um, I mean, in a weird twist, I used to be a professional actor. And, I mean, that was a very short period of my life. Don't get me wrong, but I like, I still hang my head on, like, 2011 to 2013 when I made my bones, like, being an actor, being a technician, you know, right. working on the stage. So, like, you know, so I still, like, I'm like, I was an actor. And I, you know, I always say I'm a failed actor now. And, you know, it's like, but a lot of the people doing it, they're like, you know, I, we have a retired school teacher yep. and we have a guy that's in a criminology course at Kent State. And we have a woman who is at Akron, you know, going through a teaching course. We like they do it that. because they like to do it. So it's they do it because it's fun. They do it because, you know, they've they've got the time to do it and, and apply. No, that. they make the time. man. They, I just, well, I just that, want to say that is very like true. when they it comes to the time, time, like they make the time like. If you get paid for theater, like, you know, of course, that's your job. But the people doing community theater, people doing Kill on the Hill, Ghost Tours, Ghost of Kendall, like, we're making the time in our schedule for that. Like, I'm leaving my family so I can go off and do this. You know, you're you're taking time off of work. You're taking some of your days off so that you can do these things. Right. And I just, I want to emphasize that enough to you guys. If you go out there, like, it's kind of a weird, like, I don't know, like, Chuck Bonacoski-like request instead of a rooster thing here. But if you go out to the and see the performing arts, which I think you should... Just, you know, respect the fact that it may not be the best thing you're going to see, but respect the fact that they're giving up their time to try to entertain you. Like, we have it in our hearts that we want you to have a good time, and that's why we're there. And I think that's really important. And I think if you go in expecting to have a good time, you you go in expecting to have a good time, you're more likely to have a good time. Yeah, definitely. Even if it's not a great show, you're more likely to have a decent time than if you go in going, well, it's community theater, it's going to be terrible. No, you go in with that mindset, and of course it's going to be bad. No, I think you're on to something 100% there, Squigs. So, like I said, uh, I know we're rambling but a little bit about I, theater here, but that's definitely I, my feelings I had, on it. I had a great time tonight. I always encourage people, go out, especially the little community theater stuff like this, because you never know what you're going to get with this kind of stuff. Make art, it, man. It, it, is, it is fantastic, and it is lovely, and it is wonderful just to get out, and just to get out into the community itself, but also to just get out and say... I saw this. I wish other people would see it. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know, man. I don't have much more to talk about. I had so, oh, I can just save it for next time. Yeah. Mostly, I'm just rewatching My Hero Academia. And I was going to be like, man, let me tell you about that sports fest and how great <laughs> it is. Uh, let me tell you about the sports fest. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, if you haven't watched My Hero Academia, go back and rewatch it. It's a fucking great time. Uh, I actually didn't watch Watchmen uh, episode three last week. Uh, oh, really? Just, I was busy, and I really like it, but I just, I don't know, man. Like, I didn't is all it, week. Is it one that you could go, okay, when there's three or four episodes, maybe I'll binge three or four episodes? I feel like I'm going to get nervous because there's going to be a fucking buildup, and I'm never going to watch them. So I'm going to watch it, I think, tomorrow after I get home from the play. 
Uh, once we get Parker down, or tomorrow morning when we get Parker down, depending on when Parker takes his nap, I'm going to watch episode three. Okay. So it's not that I'm not going to watch it. It's just this week I did not get to it. And his Dark Materials starts soon, so I have to get ready for that as well. It's going to be the other show on HBO I want to watch. Okay. But So that's what I'm, uh, That's yeah, that's what I'm doing. So let's dive into the news, man. 48 minutes into well, this. Before we do the news, do we want to do Artist oh, of the Week? Oh, shit. Yeah, Artist of the Week, man. Sorry, Ben. We're going to forget about you. Uh, the Artist of the Week. I didn't forget, Ben. I promise, man. Yeah, I didn't man. forget, man. <laughs> so the Artist of the Week is Ben Templesmith. Ben Templesmith is an artist who's been active for 15, 20 years now, it seems. Mm -hmm. uh, you probably best know him as he was the artist behind the graphic novel 30 Days of Night, which was made into a movie 10, 12 years ago. Right. And he has done other comics, uh, some big ones, uh, such as 10 Grand from Stravinsky Comics and Gotham by Midnight for DC. And then he did a, a little one. I think it was through Image. I don't remember completely. It was called Squitter. And that was really cool. That was his own book. I think he wrote it as well. I'd have to look on that. Again, we're talking about the art, not who wrote it. So I'm not 100% on that one. I do have the full series. He is a guy. I got to meet him in, on my honeymoon oh, nice. uh, back in 2014. I met him at Chicago Comic Con. Super cool dude. Kind of quirky. And I don't mean that in like a bad way. He's just he's a quirky dude. He's an Australian uh, artist. He was had and just. He's got, and he's got very like sharp lines for his, his artwork. Right. Yeah, uh, he's like watercolors. Okay. So he does a lot of like watercolor, like kind of paints kind of thing. So his are very like flowy okay. kind of things. And it's just, I mean, it's watercolors, man. They're fucking gorgeous. Uh, the thing I really like about his art is the fact that it's just, it is vibrant and it's different and it's dark. Um, we talked a little bit about Sean Koss uh, when we first kind of like briefed the segment and how like I like his line, I like his art because it's like dark and creepy and demonic. Uh, a lot of Ben Templesmith seem to be that same kind of vibe. But like I said, it's like watercolored. So he'll like draw it and then he'll color it himself. And it's fucking gorgeous. Right. The way it comes out, it comes out to be like these almost like gothic murals in a way. Like okay. he's got that kind of gothic vibe to it. Hence like Gotham by fucking midnight. And it's always a culty. Um, he was on 10 grand. He had like the first five issues. And then I don't know if there was, I think there was an issue between him and the writer and he left the book, but he did like before, he did like the real like the real world side of shit before like the character Joe went to like hell. And yeah, the it's a weird book. Ten Grand's fantastic, though. I highly recommend reading Ten Grand. Go back a couple years. One of my favorites. And so he did like the first five issues on it. And it's just this like just gorgeous fucking imagery. Like everything just kind of like I don't know, it's like like blotted onto a page in a way. It's it just it works so well. And that's kind of that's kind of his thing. Uh the squitter is this like Cthulhu-esque kind of thing. You can see the Lovecraftian influence there. You can tell this guy read a lot of like dark horror shit as a kid. Right. And the guy himself, he's actually a super nice guy. Um he was based in Chicago. I don't know if he's still out there. He's got a comic book right now he's working on, I believe, called Original Hate. He's kind of dropped off the radar a little bit, it seems. Um, I'm going to link a Patreon to it, so if you like it, because that's about one of the only ones that looks like it's still active. Uh, he has a website where you can buy some shit, but it doesn't look like he's updating that very often either. So this guy's kind of dropped off the radar a little bit. Um, he's not. He doesn't seem to be doing DC work anymore. He doesn't seem to be doing anything like for the big for the big publishers. I think he's just doing his own kind of like self-published uh, imagery and just probably like commissions and I don't know, maybe he made enough money off something that, you know, he doesn't have to worry about that. Right. Well, and, may and maybe he's finding some, some new, new stuff to do too. Maybe. I think some artists like just buy 
no, just by design, they're going to drop off. You know what I mean? Like, right. they're going to find something else. I'm sure he's doing, I mean, he's got to be doing something. You got to build, you got to pay the bills. But he's a guy that, while he hasn't seemed to be like super active in the past couple years, I have always enjoyed his art. Like, if I ever see Ben Temple Smith's on something, I'm going to look. Um, the reason he actually popped back into my brain the other day, I mean, aside from the fact that I like him, is uh, there's a comic that just came out called Horde. It came out for Halloween. And uh, someone compared uh, one of the, some of the art inside of it to Ben Templesmith, which I don't feel it was an accurate representation of Templesmith. So I don't know if they've read his work recently or they were just thinking of him or like, well, it's kind of like that because they kind of did like this like watercolor kind of thing idea to it. And I just I didn't really feel that Horde tied to it very well. So if you see that review or you see that, I think it's an inaccurate review, but it kind of put me back like, oh, yeah. And I went back and I actually I dug out a couple. I dug out some old books and I was just reading through them. And I was like, God damn, dude, this art's fucking hot. Um, it's one of those artists that like I got to meet. And I wish I was in a better place at life at the time. So I could have bought like an original commission or I could have bought something from him. Right. Um, I mean, aside from the fact that I love to support the artists that I love, it's just the fact like his art's so fucking cool that I'd love to have it on the wall. Cause it's that like creepy kind of kooky kind of shit right. that it's my vibe of art. Absolutely. Cause I could definitely see other people looking at his art and thinking this is not for me because it's not going to be for everybody. Um, I think it's certain books. I don't think Temple Smith could do, I mean, I'm sure he can do like regular line drawings. I'm not saying he can't. I haven't really seen him do it, but I don't think um, like a straight Batman book is going to be good for him. Batman, a Gotham by night, though, it was the story of the fucking like the black ops unit that deals with a cold shit in Gotham City. And it was really fucking cool. And like uh, 10 grand, you know, it was like this weird like life and death and hell and occult shit. Like anything that's going to deal like a culty kind of shit is going to be perfect for him. I don't think you're going to see him draw Spider-Man. I don't think you're going to see him like color a Spider-Man, maybe covers if Spider-Man's going to meet Satan. But unless that's but, happening, which yeah. I don't think Marvel's having Spidey meet Satan. No, but maybe maybe like a Ghost Rider. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I could definitely I could see him take on a Ghost Rider. Um, I remember there was Ghost Rider, Punisher, and Wolverine. Oh, so I, this is yeah, tying like not Ben Templesmith, but there was an old series that had like it was like Black Arts or something. Mm -hmm. And it had, like, the three of them in, like, weird situations, and it would pop up occasionally. Like, I think Ghost Rider, yeah, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Punisher, and they ended up, like, fighting Mephisto. Yeah. And that is a book, like, looking back on it, I could see, I could fucking see Temple Smith doing. Like, I, was just, I was thinking that, too. I was like, if you're going to put out Marvel characters for Ben Temple Smith, Ghost Rider's on there, Punisher. I, like I, started, I think I, Moon Knight would be a really good title for him. Moon Knight would probably be a good title for him, too. I was uh, Damien, son of uh, Satan, would probably be a good one. Yeah, maybe like, even Doctor Strange, depending on. Oh what, yeah, I can see that. Taking. There's definitely books for him, and I mean Marvel just hasn't given him the call. Which you know, hey Marvel, give him the call. He's super awesome. Right. Uh, but yeah, so Ben Templesmith, um, I wanted to shout him out as the artist of the week. Like I said, he seems like he's a little inactive, but I'm listing a Patreon. Uh, feel free to go on there. You know, donate five bucks a month to him if you want to see what he's doing. Check out some of his other art. He's an artist that I've always had my eye on, and if I ever see a book come out with his tight with his name on it, I'm of course gonna pick it up. He's an insta buy for me, just art wise alone. Yep, that's awesome. So big fan yeah, of Temple ben Smith, Tem man. Ben Temple Smith. Yeah. Um. All right. I guess uh, we should move into the news now. We can move into the news. No, 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 news. All right. Uh, first one I have is I don't know. Did you watch the trailer or not? It's so cool if you don't. I, I did not watch the trailer, but I read the <coughs> I read the the. Um, Synopsis. Yeah. That. So pretty much uh, there's this movie coming out called Code 8. It is from Stephen and Robbie Amell. Mm -hmm. uh, you might know Stephen Amell as Arrow. Ollie from Arrow. Yeah. Uh, he's the Green Arrow. 
Uh, Stephen Amell is super fucking cool. His time on Arrow is coming up, but apparently during his offseason, he decided, man, you know what I should do? I should be in a fucking movie. Uh, him and his, I believe it's cousin Robbie. It is his cousin Robbie. Uh, who was also on Arrow. And, and Flash. And Flash, yeah, because he played Ronnie on he Flash. He, he was the other side of Firestorm. Yep. If you remember that. So he's popped up in the Arrowverse occasionally. Uh, so his cousin Ro- uh, Robbie, not Ronnie. Oh, man. Yeah. That's going to be confusing. Robbie Robbie Amell. So, yeah, the Amell. star of this movie. Yeah, Robbie's the star. I think Steven's also going to be a co-star. He, but it's going to be about... So they shot this short film, and they got fucking greenlit so they can make an actual like movie. It was a concept short film they did. And the movie's going to be about, like, 4% of the world has superpowers. Like, they've got some sort of, uh, you know, just some sort of power. Maybe they're super strong. It looks like Robbie Amell deals with uh, electricity, a little static shocky. Okay. And so he's just got a group of friends. Uh, there's police hostility, so there's definitely, like, this fascist police state that's trying to regulate the people that do have powers. And it looks like uh, Stephen Amell shows up and is like, hey, man, this is how we're going to rob a fucking bank. So they didn't say it in the trailer so much uh, that I saw. But again, I saw, like, a cut-up trailer. But my guess is that Code 8 means someone's using superpowers to commit a crime. Probably. If I had to put money on it, that's what Code 8's going to mean. And it's not, it sounds like they're, it's almost like <coughs> a, uh, uh, the, the, police, the policing of this uh, superpowers are uh, corrupt in and of itself. Oh, most assuredly. So the fact that they've, you know, they've got these superpowers out there you know, committing these crimes is going to make it that much worse. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what they're going for. I think it's going to be a little Judge Dredd, like, fascist police state kind of thing in that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited for it. I think it looks really cool. The trailer looks really cool. Uh, it's getting distributed in some theaters. It looks like it's going to have a limited release, and then maybe a wide release following. I don't know. So, I don't know if it's going to actually show up in our area or not. Um, I'm keeping it on my radar because it's something I'm actually really well, interested in. It's also showing up digital. Uh, and that that's in the uh, the synopsis that you sent me. Yeah, I saw they're going to be doing the you know you so stream wise. It's going to stream the same day it comes out. I like to see movies in theaters though, so and, and if I, we get the chance, like I'd like to see it. I think the closest one to us that at least that first uh, release is going to be Philadelphia, so it's not really close. Well, what I'm kind of hoping is they're going to tour it, and maybe they'll come to like Manton. They probably won't come to the Palace, even though they should. Yeah, but I'm hoping maybe they come to like Studio 35 down in Columbus or something. If it's January and they bring it, I can like go see that. You know? Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm hoping. So it looks really cool. I don't know much about it. It kind of for me, it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't even remember hearing about a concept film they made. So I don't Honestly, know if they even released I, I it or not. I don't either. And so I, I would like to see because I know I like Stephen Amell. I like the stuff he's done um, with Arrow, and you know he's he's actually been in uh, a few uh, different wrestling promotions as well. And I like the act that he puts on there. Yeah, big wrestling too. fan. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm a big wrestling fan. So it. it it shows he he shows up in a, a I know he did all in last year with uh, what is now AEW um, and I believe he was uh, against Christopher Daniels. I just remember he had like that fucking thing with what was his name Stardust or some shit like that. Yeah, he uh, he had he had the thing with Stardust, uh, the thing with Neville um, who is now Pac, uh, but he he had and Pac's big move was the Red Arrow. That that was his finisher, so they always laughed about how it was going to be the Green Arrow and the Red Arrow, and it was. I mean, it was it was a cool concept, but it's wrestling, not my thing, unfortunately. It's definitely mine. <laughs> hey man, I'm not here to shit on it. If you like it, you can always add wrestling news to it whenever you want. Just let me just let me know. 
But yeah, so Stephen Amell, Robbie Amell, man, they're making a, a superhero movie. Uh, how weird for them to be a superheroes. Right? That's uh, I'm excited for it. I'm going to check it out. Uh, this does seem like it's going to be a different type of superhero, though. They're not going to be welcomed, for sure. Yeah, it seems like the public is kind of distrustful of them. Uh, like I said, check out Code 8. Check out the trailer. Let us know what you think, because I'm, uh, I'm excited to go see this one. Yeah. This one looks good. Let's see. Uh, the next one up, that's what uh, the one you were talking about, This man. is the one I was talking about. So earlier this year, uh, Critical Role put out a Kickstarter to put out a small series of uh, small, like, before Critical Role series. <coughs> yeah, it's animated. It's going to be, it was supposed to be based on the characters, right? Like, it is. Prequel it is kind of yeah, thing. it's, it's based, based around a lot of the home game that they had two years before they started the, the show. All right, um, I'm not a critical role guy, so I. Got, I, I am a. All right, I am so a first critter. off, it's called like Legends of uh, Vox Machina or whatever. Legends of Vox Machina. Machina. So, just so I'm on the right page, critical role. Are we talking what they're currently doing, or is this what they did that they ended a year or two ago? This is what they did. Uh, what they ended. So this is what they ended. Okay, because yeah, I remember so this the big is, deal. This that is they were the, the the pre the prequel to what they ended la uh, their first. All right, series. so this is like that geek and sundry, that big one that they had. Yes. So this is Matt Mercer, all those fucking people. Yes. This is this is Matt Mercer, uh, Travis Willingham, all you know, all, all right. these all these guys, and they're coming back to do the voices, which uh, they obviously makes sense. They're do. all fucking voice actors, right? Um, but they, this Kickstarter in like July broke records because the critters out there exploded and said yes we want this and like they they hit like a i, I think it was like a million dollars within an hour or something Shit. like that it was it was insane the amount of records they broke and they never expected to do that but i don't make a cartoon sure so but it gets even better because amazon prime has bought the cartoon and bought a second season from it Wow, so they've already uh, they went straight to series and then straight in the second uh, season, huh? Yep. Man, so Amazon's really putting money on your critters out there. Uh, I don't think it's a bad idea to put monies on the money on the critters. No, after, especially after the way they explode. As someone that goes to Gen Con, yeah, uh, I can definitely agree that I'm not a critical role guy. Nothing against it. I think I've said it before. I don't enjoy listening to D and D podcasts in that aspect. I like listening to people tell me about D and D. We're like, oh, this is like the mindset to building characters, and this is what we do, and this is how we role play and shit like that. I don't mind that. I do not, I just, I do not get into people telling me their story. Like, I'm like sitting there like, all right, and then I roll and do this. I'm like, all right, I couldn't fucking care less. Cool. God, I hope he rolls a one and his character dies. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I get super fucking bored listening to other people play D&D. I think it's just because I then want to play D&D. Right. Like, I love talk show formats, like what we're doing right here. Right. I'll listen to these all fucking day. Uh, D&D though, man, like I tried Critical Role. I tried like there was like a, another Critical Role or whatever. Like and, they had uh, they, the they new had, season. They had Tox Machina, which is their talk show about the about the show. God, I didn't try that. I might enjoy that more, but then they're talking about D&D and I probably just get fucking bored because <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. Well, and, and they so they, they specifically talk each week about the show on Tox Machina. What happened? Because everything has week. a talk show now, man. Right. Not knocking again. They make fucking bank. I know that they, they made it, they made enough bank that they could go out and get yeah. their own studio. So fucking um, critical role comes to Gen Con every year. Mm -hmm. Fucking Matt Mercer and I don't know if he brings everybody or just a couple people. I don't know how it is. He, so they go to Gen Con every they year. They do a live. Usually yeah. they do a live episode and they try to bring. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how many people they bring, but they do a live episode every year. So the live episode. About 10 people. They've been doing it for like two or three years now. Mm -hmm. They sell out. Fucking! It was so fucking popular that the live fucking cat, the live show was streamed to a fucking couple bars in Gen Con. 
So that if you wanted to watch it, I think you could go to like the Ram and shit mm. and you could watch it there and they had like fucking specials and shit. So if you were at Gen Con, but you couldn't get into the fucking thing, you could still fucking go to a bar or something and watch it fucking streamed or some shit. That's awesome. So it's like you got a fucking ticket to go somewhere else. So it's like, oh, cool. I'll just watch it on a TV instead of like I normally would. And like I said, I'm not knocking it. I know people love Critical Role. I just, I don't get into it, man. It's just, it's not, that's not my cup of tea. That's not how I want to engage my and that, fucking And that thing. is completely understandable. I might like their fucking TV series because it's not them playing D&D. It's going to be like a sword and sorcery TV series. It is. So I feel and like. You might, you might uh, they put out a comic book too. Uh, I like check that out. It, I like D&D comics. So you might enjoy that as well. And for the record, there's nothing against the quality of D&D they do. Those guys do an amazing fucking job. Matt Mercer's a great DM. All the characters are fucking fantastic. And they're the, interesting. They build backstories. I just, it's it's something about just listening to like them fucking play D&D that I just, I'm like, oh, whatever, man. <laughs> and I get that. I understand that. But man, I, I enjoy, especially like on my drives to work, I really enjoy putting that on and listening to that. Oh, yeah. I'll give you shit for a lot of stuff, but not for this. Yeah. <laughs> so and like you like it's just it's just not my thing man i'm sorry i want to i wish it was in, in all seriousness i truly wish i could get into this like other people do because i want to be like i when people are like oh my god i love this character mm-hmm. i was at a burlesque show at D, at a gen con a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and guy came out and he was one of the characters i don't know if i i, I couldn't tell you it was two years ago i have if no you fucking could, idea if you can tell me what he looked like i can tell uh, you he had like fucking horns and sword dance and shit I'm willing to bet. Was he painted purple? I fucking no, he was not. Okay, it, it could have been. It, it, it could have been what he was going for, but he just fucking. But yeah, he's like fucking like. Um, I'm guess I, I would have to guess he's probably Molly Mock Tifa, which I is Talison Jaffe's character. Maybe I have no idea. I just know the dude did it. It was a cool. Like, it was a cool dance and everything. But I was like, fucker, I know who you are. Like, and I was just. I'm not. People went fucking wild. They were like, "Oh my god!" And like he met the fucking voice actor for it earlier, and they were like, "Oh, cool!" And like they signed his swords and shit, and they were all fucking jacked. And like I, which again, fucking party on Garth. Yeah. Not my thing, man. I'm, but again, Amazon Prime has picked him up, and that's that to me is one of the biggest things. Like that, they have decided to put that much faith in in Critical Role that they have picked up, and before even releasing i'm not sure they've even filmed the first season yet they're gonna animate the fucking shit first right i don't know if they've done that and they're going yeah no we we want another season i think it's a name brand it's a good choice for amazon prime uh if the first two seasons don't work i think you could be like well you're gonna get enough views from it that i think it's gonna be worth it and i think there are enough people that like critical role that are probably gonna fucking put the money in Absolutely. So I don't think Amazon Prime's making a bad choice. Um, just like Netflix and all the other companies, like they're making a run. They got to pick up the IP right now. Right. So I think getting an IP people love, uh, getting animated IP, I think is critical. <laughs> Pardon the fucking joke, but it's critical. It is because like the more people love animation, like you just can tell so many different stories with animation. So it'll go well. It'll probably pair well with for them. In that fucking the boys Carnival Row kind of thing. They have Carnival Row, right? I think I they have Carnival Row. So, yeah. So I think for that like adult like fantasy kind of thing because they're gonna have the boys now, which is supposed to be really good. I haven't watched it yet. Right. And then they're gonna have Carnival Row, which is like super fantasy. But then they're gonna have this also. I think it's gonna be like kind of like geeky vibe, and it's gonna it it, in a way it's gonna put together like a programming block. Like hey, check this out. Like we've got these shows. Oh, cool. And then like you can come out with like a season two, like midway between season. You know what I mean? So it's like that way you can always keep putting shit out that theoretically this group of people is gonna enjoy. And I'm I'm just betting that the overlay between and, those. Shows, I mean, you said it yourself. You you who don't watch Critical Role would watch this because it's an animated sword and sorcery. It's, oh yeah, I'll give it a shot. 
So if it's done well, like if they got someone like Powerhouse to do it, I'll fucking give it a shot. I like Powerhouse. Uh, Powerhouse Animation does uh, Castlevania. They're doing uh, Masters of the Universe. Got some other shit I can't think of off the top of my head, but uh, I love the Castlevania series. I think it's animated really well. So if you tell me that Powerhouse is doing something like this, I'd, I'd fucking check it out. Sure. <laughs> Powerhouse, man. The guy that animated the Pup No Mancer. <laughs> oh, Return of the Pup No Mancer. Oh, the fucking Pup No Mancer. <laughs> God, I, 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 oh man. I love that title. That is, that, yeah, that, that's the best title we've had. That is maybe not the best episode we've had, but definitely the best title. Oh my God, what was what, the second episode? Uh-huh. Fucking Pup No Mancer. God, I, I want, I just want art of a Pup No Mancer. Not even the guy who did it, but just like, just, yep. just some guy who's like fucking bright and fluffy necromancer raising puppies. Yep. God, that, that's the art I want. Next time I talk to an artist, that's what I'm getting. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That uh, sounds fantastic, and I can't wait to see it. So this next, yeah. Uh, so this next one, uh, the next couple news stories actually aren't too long, so we can breeze through them pretty quick. Right. Uh, this first one I felt was really uh, to me it was funny. So did you see the original Superman movie, Chris Reeve Superman? I have. Um, uh, you know, uh, so they just uh, they saved it in a new format. On Crystal. 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 So just like fucking uh, Superman. Uh, when Superman goes to the, the Fortress of Solitude. You can watch Superman now. You can watch Superman on the crystals in the Fortress so of Solitude. So I guess what they did is scientists uh, took this fucking chunk of glass, chunk of crystal, and they etched fucking the entire Superman movie onto it so that learning-based algorithms can figure out based on how light will pass through this that it'll be the movie Superman. Which, uh, it's more a way to, like, just show, like, a new, like, type of technology to, like, save things. Uh, it's just a little thing, maybe, like, fucking couple inch by couple inch. So there's better ways to fucking save technology, but obviously they're just kind of, like, fucking around with it right now. But just of all the things to save to a crystal, man, they save fucking Superman. And, and I love So that. I was most disappointed that they didn't show a scientist in Antarctica, like, fucking about throwing into the ground to see what happens. Because <laughs> yeah. that's apparently it would just play Superman in the ice. Right. So fucking uh, science is getting super fucking cool, and uh, they're saving Superman, man. That's making awesome. sure we have that. I, I I agree. This is. I mean, I can't agree more. This that is the perfect movie to have gone. I'm throwing this all to Crystal. Let's yeah. watch the Crystal. Yeah, it was very clear that someone in that room is a fucking comic geek. Oh, or at least a com- Like they know. Like, I mean, it's a bunch of scientists. Let's be honest. Like they'd probably be able to listen to this and be like, "Well, they're idiots," but like, we understand what they're talking about. So, yeah, fucking Superman on Crystal, man. Obviously, you see why we put that shit on there. Yeah. I love it. I love it so oh, much. Hell yeah. It may, it makes my geeky little heart happy. Oh, it's fucking fantastic. I wonder how much it would cost to get a crystal like that. Like, you I don't know. I, 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 I want to I buy the... I would the, have no way to show it, but I just I want, I want to have it on my shelf and be like, oh, what's that? Be like, oh, that's the that's entire Superman, Superman movie. That's Superman on crystal. Yeah. That, just, that is that is the, the Fortress of Solitude way to watch Superman. Oh, fuck yeah, man. He's popping into his ice player. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so much. So uh, much love. So much love. So good. And then this last news story I have. Uh, old Pokemon, new tricks. Woo. So Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield's coming out in the next week, actually. People are getting pretty fucking jacked about it. And I believe it's the next week, actually. I think it's like the 12th or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look at it. Don't quote me, Commandos. So Sword and Shield are coming out, and they just announced some new features. Uh, now, some previously announced features have kind of pissed off people. There's no national deck, so you can't catch all like 23,000 Pokemon that are out. I don't know how many are out there anymore. A shitload. There's no national deck, I, so you can't you catch under, everybody. Underestimated how yeah, much. Yeah, probably, man. But this new feature, I think, is really cool. Um, instead of having to go to a Pokemon Center and go to a computer to change out Pokemon in your Pokemon boxes, like I don't know, say you have a Muck and you don't want that anymore, you want a Dugon. Uh, you can. I know I'm going old school with G1 there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 
you can change them out on the fly. Well, so you can change them out from the current would, pause screen. This would be really helpful when you're going against the Elite Four, where you have one set of Pokemon for eight battles. Yeah, you don't just have to fucking set it up and like, well, let's because it wasn't it wasn't just the one battle. This is a serious question. Yeah, is the Elite Four still a thing? Do you I still bite no them idea. at the end? I don't know. I have no clue. I mean, I assume you have to fucking fight something at the end to become the Pokemon champion, but I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I honestly have no idea. I haven't played. Since I haven't at beat least. a Pokemon game since Ruby. Yeah, that's about where I was at. Uh, I played through what would have been next? Uh, Pearl, Pearl and Diamond, I think. I played a little bit of Pearl. Yeah. Uh, I picked up Black. I don't think I even picked up Black. I think I played through half I of think Pearl. Diamond was the last. I picked one up I Black. I played like twenty minutes of Black and I was done. Yeah. Nothing against it. I just I was like I put it down. And I never went back. And so, yeah, so Pokemon, though, I think it's cool. I think the fact that you're able to access the box, like, as someone that played, like, red and gold, like, yeah, what I play? I played Pokemon Blue and Pokemon Gold, and then I played Pokemon Ruby. So someone that played, like, the first three gens, <coughs> I would love being able to transfer or trade my Pokemon out midway through, like, I Absolutely. don't know. One of the things I find funny is that there are apparently hardcore Poke fanatics out there that are fucking pissed. Some, they're like, oh, you might as well just hit start and beat the game. This is horseshit. You might as well fucking why have Poke Centers. Why? Just heal after everything. Well, because now, like, if you have a guy get knocked out, you'll just fucking trade him out right there in the middle of the field. I think, I mean, yeah, but that that character still, that, that Pokemon will still technically be knocked out until you go to a Pokemon Center. No, nah, man, that's horseshit, man. Like, the fact that I gotta, I can just and keep they going ne now. They never said you could change out a knocked out Pokemon. <laughs> Maybe you can't change out a knockdown. Uh, I suspect you'd be able to trade out a knockdown. I, I suspect so too, but I mean, maybe that's part of the game. You you can't lose all six Pokemon. I would say, in all okay. in all seriousness, this I feel like it would it would actually motivate me to use more Pokemon. Right. Because instead of having to go to a fucking Pokemon Center and fucking trade some shit in and out, like like I would always just and then have to to build up that whatever you traded in to get to a point where you can actually use it again. I was the type of player who my starting Pokemon would fucking just follow you through beast out yep. the entire time. Well, of course, I think you have to have your starting Pokemon the entire time. If you're the type of person who ditched your starting Pokemon, you're fucking something. Something's wrong with you. So yeah, something's wrong only, with Squiggles is what it sounds no, like. No, the only time I ever took my my starting Pokemon out was when I had like Charizard and we were going into a water gym. That was the only time. Nah, man. I'd and keep... even even then, it was more of a: Do I have enough grass Pokemon that I can throw him in as a as a a hit point buffer? Dude, the first time I played Pokemon, I did not. I I picked Charizard or Charmander, uh -huh. and I fucking just ground until I could beat Brock without really needing anything else. And I beat Misty. Then from there was a fucking breeze, right? And I never really fucking trained up the other Pokemon in my party. So it would always just be, I would catch something. And like, as you advance through the game, you know, you catch higher level Pokemon. And I would just start moving those higher level Pokemon into my party. So we're like, all oh, right, I just, you know, I, I finally would find like a level 40 something. I'm like, okay, cool. This level 38 guy is like fucking gone. Now it's, it's 40, dude. And so on and so forth. So you, you were one of those people, you didn't have a set, like you didn't walk into a gym with a, a <coughs> advantage type. Nah, man. If my starter went down, I was like, all right. I'm in trouble. Yep. Because it was always my starter was always like 20 levels above whatever else you were going to fight. Yeah. Uh, and that was how I played the first couple Pokemon games. Like, I didn't fucking strategize and that shit. Uh, Pokemon Ruby, I actually ground so I could have each Pokemon fucking like level up. That's cool. So it was like actually, like, oh, I should grind out here in the woods. But I was just like, oh, I just want to get to the next area. So I'll just, oh, this fucking starter is super powerful. And if you like outside of Pokemon fucking, I don't, yeah, outside of Pokemon, uh, 
red and blue, I don't think there was too much of a type disadvantage for the first couple gyms. Because, uh-huh. like, that was fucking brutal. If you're like, well, same way if you played Pokemon Yellow, you're like, fuck me at the at uh, the oh, Rock Gym, man. That, that Pokemon Yellow, I remember playing that one. That one was rough. Yeah, you got outside. Once you got outside Brock, though, it was fine. Yeah, but that one was rough. Yeah, the fucking Brock's gym was fucking rough. But, yeah, so I, uh, I don't know, man. Like, that's how it was for me in Pokemon. I think it's exciting. I think it's nice to see that Pokemon, instead of just putting out the same game every time, they're still innovating. Right. Like, I remember, I think it was Pokemon Gold, man. They were like, hey, you can run now. Like, and I was like, God damn, Pokemon's oh, perfect thank now. thank God. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, I don't I have just to trudge, just... Trudge, 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 Because I actually, I've been playing through Pokemon Blue in my free time on my DS. Okay. And I'm like, God damn, I wish I could run. Yep. So being able to fucking run in Pokemon Gold... I remember that you saw that, and I thought to myself, well, Pokemon is now perfect. They need nothing else. They need nothing else. I remember thinking the same thing. And I'm glad that they don't feel that way. I'm glad that they're still, like... I actually, I remember, as naive as I was, I remember hearing you could run in Pokemon Gold, and I was like, you can run? That's a thing? (laughs) Why would you need to run? And then I was like, oh, fuck, this is is fantastic. Oh, yeah, man. You fucking... I took away... I'm not... Going four hours through half a city now. Oh, I know, dude. Those, so, first, those first couple of games, the walking is insane. That's just because it's slow. so slow. Yeah. But yeah, being able to run, fucking, I, I thought Pokemon was perfect there. I'm glad that they didn't stop and just be like, well, we're done. Yep. I'm glad they're still innovating. And I'm glad people are still playing Pokemon. Uh, I'm excited about the day that I hope Parker eventually gets into it when you know, he's like, Dad, I want to fucking, like, I don't know what he'll want, man. Some garbage man or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. I saw like this garbage looking Pokemon. I was like, "What the fuck are you?" There, there's one that I'm really love <coughs> loving right now. I think it's Ludicolo. It looks like a little Taco Man. Like it looks like the guy on the ta- on the uh, hot sauce, and he's got like a sombrero. It's just he's a little dancing Taco Man, and I love it. You fucking say anything, man. So yeah, Pokemon, man. They're still coming out. Yeah. All right. I think that's the that's news. The news. That's the news of the week. All right, so discussion. I think uh, I, I'm I'm softballing even a little bit here. Okay. I've got two ideas. Uh, I think we'll go with the one written, and then if we want to keep going, we're about an hour twenty in. So I know that we like to keep we want to keep these under a, an hour and a half, but I don't think it's going to happen this week. No, not this week. So we but... fucked around too much in the banter. Apparently, we had a lot to talk about. Apparently. So what I think, um, con stories, just okay. cons in general. Uh, I think, and we've never really talked about conventions as much. I have a hunch that I'm going to discover that you do not, you have not been to as many. Uh, I've not been to as many, no. Uh, I've been to, I want to say seven in my lifetime. I don't know how many, I haven't counted, but uh, all right, let, you're, let's, you're, let's start it this you're, way. You're definitely more than I am. I know yeah, that. Yeah, between Wizard Worlds and fucking uh, Gen Con, I'm almost there. <laughs> all right, uh, well, I guess here's the first question. When was your first convention? Like, what year? Uh, I was actually, it was the, the first year I worked with Kurt. Really? Accurate. The year we went up together and fucking... It was... And I wore my Guy Gardner shit? Uh, no, it was the year before that. Okay, so it was that was like 2014? Yeah, no. somewhere like that. About 2013, because we started hanging out at 14 and you moved in at 15. All right, so now we now we got a timeline there. So All right, so that's, so that's what I kind of thought. So that's why I wanted to ask. So I, my first convention was 2006. Okay. Uh, it was an anime convention. Um... It was Cleveland Colossal Con year f- year six year five or six, can't remember what year it was. Sorry guys, um, and it it no longer exists as Cleveland Colossal Con. It is now just Colossal Con. It's 
based out, uh, it's a fucking huge con. It's based out of Kalahari and Sandusky. Okay. It has a sister convention, Colossal Con East. And I think they took a fucking cruise this year as well. Wow. So uh, when I first started going, it was, and I only went two years, um, and then just life happened. It was my junior year of high school. It was the weekend before finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't remember how I convinced my mom that it would be totally responsible to let her 17-year-old son go with his 17-year-old friend and 20-year-old friend. But it was, we were all young enough, we couldn't even check into a hotel. So my mom had to go check us into the hotel, and then she's like, well, fuck it, I'll see you guys on fucking Sunday. <laughs> it's up in Independence, Ohio. Is that a Holiday Inn? Uh, exit 155. You ever driving up? There's a Holiday Inn right off that. I, I actually know what you're talking about because there's another con there now. That, okay. Um, it's just a small comic convention. I've been to a couple of times. But it was uh, it was one of the best weekends of my fucking life. Like legitimately, I would still put it up there in fucking top ten weekends. Okay. So that was my first convention, uh, Colossal Con. And then you were Akron Comic Con 2014 is what we're saying? Yeah, I, I want to say it was 2015, like the second 13, year. 13, 13, 2013, I want to say it was like the second year of Akron Comic Con. All right. All right, so. And the that wasn't technically the first one. It was still Akron Comic Con, but it was the one that, the, the itty bitty one. Yeah, it was one of the like Quaker Ju- Station. No, 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 the one in June where it was like the firehouse. It wasn't the, the Quaker Station. It was like, a, um, you know, you know. The, okay. Okay, that was the first one. Kurt had asked me to walk, uh, work it with him because okay, so he needed an extra. Was that Akron Canton Comic Con? No. Okay, so it was Akron Comic Con. It, no, it. W- I mean, it was just a different <clears throat> Akron Comic Con. Okay, so okay, so that's what I'm thinking. That okay, cool. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm on the same board because there's Akron Canton Comic Con, Akron Comic Con, Akron Comic Con. Yeah, uh, Akron Akron Comic Con in November is the probably one of the best cons around here. Oh, it definitely was. I haven't been there in a couple of years. I so either, I've heard but... that there's been some drop off, but I heard this year it picked back up. Okay. So actually, I know that convention just got bought by uh, Dan and Jason, Stuff Genie and Dan Gorman. Okay. So I guess they're uh, they're revitalizing the brand. So I wish them the best because it was a great con. It was one of the best local cons, I think. Absolutely. <clears throat> so the but the little one that I had gone to, Kurt just needed some help. Mm. He needed an extra hand. Nobody at the shop actually was able to help him. And I was there all the time anyway. So he's like, hey, you want to do this with me? I'll give you like, I think it was like 50 bucks. You come in, you help me, you help me set up, you help me sell. Because I know you can sell. You, you just, you help me out and you get into the con for free. Sure, sounds good. And that was, I mean, it was a cool weekend. It was just, it was a cool day. It was just a cool day. Wow. Yeah, I didn't have an experience actually working a convention mm-hmm. for eight more years after mine. So my first one, it was you go up. You get your hotel room. You go out and you do all the late night shit. Uh, there was what's called RBG Random Battle Group. Uh, Eric and V fucking loved that shit. And you just like fucking did like Final Fantasy style like fights. And whoever won, won. It was fucking crazy. And oh man, I just I remember the fucking freedom. And like, I mean, we've talked about it before, but like, mm-hmm. you know, being amongst your people. Right. And it was back in the day when you, it wasn't as easy to find anime at that point. So I remember, like, someone would have some random fucking DVD, and they'd be like, hey, man, we're going to go watch this. You want to come? So and you're like, fuck, yeah. Before you go any further, the random-ass DVD, I've got my first real random-ass DVD at that con. It was the Justice League TV show. That was so bad, but I was like, this is going to be... Uh, we talked about this earlier. I like terrible movies. Yeah, yeah. This, what you was, this was definitely a terrible movie, but it was worth picking up. I also picked up, like, the... the um, 
the it might have been like the the Green Lantern rings at that time the mm. the hero clicks for the Green Lanterns. Okay. So I was able to set up a nice little display of Green Lantern stuff. And this is my geeky corner. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I bought so many fucking action figures and shit because it was like that time where you're like, oh my god, it was a time before Amazon. Mm-hmm. So. It was a time before it was it was a time before it was easy to access all that shit. Right. So finding the specialty sellers, the people that would like they would travel from convention to convention and shit. It was a really cool experience. Uh, I remember watching a lot of weird anime. I remember just getting really close with my friends at that point. That was one of the best parts. Like, I don't know if you I don't think you've had the experience yet, uh, but going to a convention with your friends uh, doing the entire day of the fucking convention. We're like, oh, my God. And then like. It's nighttime, the convention's over, because Colossal Con never really ended, yeah. but it was just, when are we going to break for lunch and dinner and shit like that? And then where are we going to go? Are we going to eat at the convention? Are we going to eat in our room? Because what Eric V and I would do is Eric had this giant fucking, uh, like, ammo crate. Uh-huh. Like, it was for, like, fucking, like, 135, like, millimeter fucking shells and shit, like artillery shells. And what we would do is we would just load that shit up with groceries. Mm-hmm. So we'd put, like, fucking ramen noodles, a fucking electric kettle, like, fucking cheese Whiz, just all kinds of just garbage in this fucking thing. And then, like, that's what we would eat all weekend. Right. That was our fucking thing, man. Like, we just, we ate in our room all fucking weekend. And, like I said, the convention never really fucking slept. So for us, it was always like, but then you'd always find those moments where, like, all right, let's just go back to the room. Let's watch, like, we take a DVD player. Let's watch a shitty movie. Let's watch a movie or something. Let's just fuck around, you know? Yeah. Let's just, like... Let's be friends. Let's just fucking hang out and be like, oh my God, just show off the shit you got throughout the day. So I definitely haven't had this experience. I would love to have this experience at some point. But yeah, all the cons I've gone to are usually like close enough that I would come home. uh, That I I would come home and like, you know, we we would sit and chat that night. But it was always close enough. Oh yeah, there's something. There's something about going to in a way. There's something magical about it. Like going with your friends showing off your fucking purchases throughout the day or be like, hey man, did you see the booth with the fucking, I don't know, man, the giant uh, the giant mechs or the fucking monster shit or Pokemon, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. There's something, or like, hey man, did you see the guy that was like fucking trying to rip people off? Yeah, the guy fucking tried to jack like 20 bucks off me or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like going to those conventions and like, it's just, there's something magical about like that post convention. Yeah. Uh, something I especially love is uh, Gen Con. I've been going to Gen Con the past few years with Aaron and then Patches went with us this year. And something really cool about it is at the end of the night, uh, it wasn't as much this year, actually. This year got a little weird at times. Not bad weird, it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, what we do normally is Aaron and I would go back to our hotel and we just fucking we play a game. Grab dinner and we play games all fucking night until like midnight, go to bed, rinse and repeat. Gen Con's another convention that doesn't sleep, but for us, and for me specifically, and I think luckily like my friends, it's always been like, all right, let's take our fucking time. Like, we're on vacation, too, so let's enjoy the main convention. Maybe we'll do some evening shit, but for the most part, let's just go back into the hotel room, fucking throw on some jammies, and just fucking play some games. Right. Like, let's play the games we bought, and let's just fuck around and just enjoy each other's company. And so, and so, and that's, that, to me, sounds like one of the best things ever. Like, I don't really want to go out into the hall and play games in the hall with people I don't know. I'm not that... Like, I love playing games with you guys. I don't know if you've ever noticed. I'm a little... Oh yeah, no, I get what you mean. Like you're a little I, more introverted. You're the you're little like, bit. You're the almost extroverted introvert. Yeah. Like when you're with your friends, you're like loud and like ta-da. <laughs> but like you're not gonna yeah. be the guy. And Gen Con has uh, it's called uh, just werewolf. Like you know mm. werewolf. Gen Con has that at night where people just set up big fucking chairs and they play werewolf all fucking night. 
I think you could get into that after a few rounds, but you're not the guy that's seeking that out actively. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Same way, like, some people are like, oh, if you're not fucking doing shit after dark, you're not playing, you're not experiencing Gen Con. I'm like, that's not what I want. My, It's my vacation. Like, I want to fucking walk around all day, see cool shit, and I want to go back. Like, you know, it's like, I want to eat fucking food. Like, some people are like, don't fucking eat. I'm all about fucking eating. Right. I'm in fucking Indy. There's a lot of great fucking food that I can find, and there's food trucks everywhere. Fuck that. Fuck, like, yeah. throw some granola bars in your backpack, garbage. Hell no. Um, speaking of food. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd do that. But yeah. That's more from my. And I mean, like I said, so I've been to favorite. Comic Cons, Anime Cons, and uh, gaming conventions. I've been to. Those comic, are my three. I've been to Comic Cons, and I've been to um, Monster Bash. The Monster which, Bash. Monster Bash was cool. It yeah. was different, but it was cool. Like, Comic Cons were cool. Like, Noelle and I went uh, to Wizard World a couple times. Uh, once we went with some friends, the uh, Passwaters. And the other year on our honeymoon. And I will say that our honeymoon was both the best and worst weekend <laughs> because we had such a fucking blast. She got to meet Matt Smith and Karen Gillian. We got to do all kinds of cool shit. That's where we met like John Barrowman. We met Patrick Stewart. Is that where you met uh, Stan Lee? Uh, the year before is when we did Stan okay. Lee. Okay. So uh, I, I, at one point, I think I told people, it's like our honeymoon. It was actually the year before our honeymoon. So it was 13 that we met Lee, not uh, 14. So, but yeah, so Wizard World uh, Chicago was fucking great. It was at the Donald Stevens Convention Center. Uh, there is a fucking problem with that, though, to make it one of the worst weekends. There is no fucking food around. Oh. So we got lucky, and we found that there was a, uh, like, uh, almost a diner, cafe kind of thing right across from our convention, right across from our hotel, which was right next to, connected to the convention center. So we would eat there for breakfast and lunch you could eat in the convention center. It's like an arm and a leg. Well, whatever. It's not bad. Right. Uh, but fucking dinner, there was nothing. Like the last night, I was like, I gotta get McDonald's or something. Like I gotta eat. I gotta eat fucking food. I gotta right. get a big fucking meal because we ate in our hotel the one night, but it was like ninety fucking dollars. It was like oh. a super expensive meal. And you know, it was good. Guess, you got like a regular size. Yeah, portion. portions weren't as good as they could have been. We did get lobster bisque that was amazing though. That's so awesome. it had a pretty good, decent size. But everything else was like, oh. Uh, but you had to walk to get to fucking food. It was like such a hike, and we didn't have a car. We're like, this is fucking garbage. So, like, the last night, I walked, like, a mile to get to a fucking McDonald's. And, like, I was, like, I'm so fucking hungry. I just, I got, like, two boxes of food. I brought it back. We didn't have a mini fridge. It was a shitty hotel that didn't give us a mini fridge. It was, uh, I think it was a Hyatt. It might have been a Hilton. I don't remember. Don't quote me on which one it was. But whatever brand it was, it had a mini fridge that had, like, the mini bar kind of thing in it with the weight sensors. Uh, I was, like, fuck you guys, man. I just want fucking food. So I couldn't keep my food in the fucking fridge. So I had to make like this jacked up fucking ice box thing to try to keep these burgers for the next night. It was fucking shitty. So it, like I said, it was like one of the best and worst. Cause like by the end of it, like Noel and I got back into Chicago, like proper. So we were in, uh, it's called Rosemont, which is like a mm -hmm. suburb of Chicago, which is close to, uh, close to Glenview, which I go for work every now and then. Um, oh shit. That might give away where I work. I don't know. No biggie. Anyway. Uh, so it was in uh Rosemont, which is, like I said, it's a burb. And this, I think the Monday we came home, we went, we, when we got back into fucking Chicago proper, like we just fucking ate all day. I believe so it was like, we did not fucking eat a good meal. We ate good food, but we didn't have an actual like fucking satisfying meal for like four fucking days. Right. It was a nightmare. Uh, that I believe. In that aspect. I mean, it was super fun, but it was just, it was a fucking nightmare in that aspect. So it's like, I think for a good convention, you got to put yourself around food. Like, uh, and you, I mean, like the the um, what is it? The rubber rubber city comic con, they they brought food trucks, so at least you could get something decent while you were there. Oh yeah, like like 
every other convention I've ever been to, food has never been a problem. Uh, Akron Comic Con was right across, was in Quaker Square, it was up in Akron. I there was like fucking food and shit you could eat like right across the street. Yeah, it was like and Quaker was, Station, you know. Quaker Station is fantastic burgers. And yeah, things. it was fucking. I mean, it was great. It was it was quick lunch. Yeah, it's like a but, fucking diner thing, but it's fine. yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a it's quick lunch, but it was good food. It was reasonably priced and it was fucking fine. Uh, fucking. Uh, was like I said, Wizard World Chicago. The first year I was at, like we were next to a, a subway, so that was fine. So I was able. To, I ate a lot of subway that year, but like that second year was bad. Uh, Gen Con, all the food trucks, all kinds of places to eat in downtown Indy. They all fucking get part like party on for this shit. That works out really well. <clears throat> uh, Colossal Con was great because there's like an Outback, there's Denny's, there's all kinds of shit you can eat. And like I said, we never we always brought food for that. Right. And we did the same with when we went to Ohio Con, which is down I think again, I think it's in a Hilton that's at the uh, Ohio Convention Columbus? Center in Columbus. Uh and we would always take food, but there was always a food court that you could eat at. Right. But like fucking I think like a convention that doesn't have a good food source is fucking weird to me in my head. Yeah. And like looking back at Wizard World Chicago, I'm like, man, you're supposed to be the premier Wizard Con. What, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. Cause, I'm if you tell me we're going somewhere, and then you tell me they don't have food, I am probably not going at that point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame you. Like, that's why. Like, I, that, I mean, that's the thing. That's like, like if if you if you seriously told me, by the way, food's kind of scarce around here. I'd look at you and go, then why are we going? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fair fucking point. I, I mean, maybe it's just because I always need to make sure I've got food on me or food near me that I can go, okay, I need to go get something real quick I'm starting to drop. I need to go now. <laughs> As a diabetic, you definitely would need yeah, food. I need, to, I need to go now. So if you're telling me we're at a place where I'm, where food is scarce and we're going to have a problem finding food, I'm going to go look at you and go, yeah, no, I'm not, uh, nope, that's not happening. That's oh. absolutely not going to happen. I can promise you that if you go to Gen Con with, my, with Aaron and myself and maybe Patches, I think he's going back next year. If you go to Gen Con with us next year, that's not a problem. Awesome. There is plenty of food to be had. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of food to be had. I mean, there's like cafes and shit too. Like, uh, yeah, you'd be fine. Uh, I mean, obviously you'd want to keep... The one thing I would say, like, if you're going to a convention in that aspect, uh, you're definitely going to need to keep some sort of sweets or something with you. Just oh, on the yeah. Off I, I, mean, I mean, the I, basic diabetic, like, safety right. shit. I, I mean, I, I tend to keep like a can of pop and some granola, or maybe a sandwich, some chips. Like my bag gets searched every time I go in. They're like, you can't bring this in here. I'm like, I'm a diabetic. I kind of need to just have. Yeah, it you'd be me. fine. Like there's like a fucking preventy brothers like right across the street. Like I, it's all because I think we're going to be know, staying at the embassy every year. I always, I always tell people like, if you actually want to take some shit in with you, put it in my bag. Out. I literally use the excuse. I'm a diabetic. I need to have some shit on me. In case I can make this happens. happen. So that that's one. That's probably the only good aspect of actually being a diabetic. I'm like, hey, we're going to a con. Give me your pop. Give me your give me your foods that you want to take with you. Something quick. You know, we can't go too crazy, but <laughs> I can throw it in my bag and be fine. So, as someone that hasn't been to as many conventions, do mm-hmm. you have any like? It sounds like you've worked a lot more conventions than you've really been to. Do you have any, like, crazy con stories or anything cool? Like, you know, you'd be like, oh, man, this is always going to stand out to me. So, Monster Bash. Okay. uh, It's weird that this is the one that stands out, but they have, on Saturday night, Mm -hmm. because they do, first of all, Friday night they do um, Mexican movie night. So they do, they get shitty Taco Bell tacos, hand them out, and bean burritos, hand them out to everybody and play play these Mexican movies that were made in, like, the 60s. And the, you know the the dubbing on it is actually fantastic. The one, at least the one I saw, 
it, it was a very good movie, very well done movie. Aside from the fact that there was, uh, the biggest thing was like their special effects. They superimposed a lady's head onto a bat <laughs> because it was World of the Vampires. So they super, no. and it was almost like her actual sized head on the size of a regular sized bat. It was fantastic. But no, they they um, Saturday night they do um, they they do their bash awards and they do their um, but they do this prize throw and it is a literal prize throw. They get like 12, 15 people, all the workers up on stage and just start chucking things out into the audience. Like we walked out with a stack, like no lie the size of my my entire torso and w- when when we walked out we saw a guy bleeding from his nose under his glasses where he got hit with a box f- from something and they throw like dvds shirts little toy trinkets um you know i caught a a uh one of those uh heli- helicopter things where you put your hand on it yeah it le- leaps up yeah so just all kinds of crazy shit and it, they're literally just just throwing them out into the audience and then they play they usually do like a movie on one weather weather uh pending but um yeah so they do that and then they do the movie on you know it was just it was such a cool experience literally just having stuff all right i got that one nope now i got this one now i got this one like it was just it was such a cool experience of, of things that could happen that's cool man I think, oh man. And then that's a literal where you get back to the room and you're like, okay, what the fuck did we get? <laughs> and you start looking through. Like, I got, uh, uh, it was a, like the 75th anniversary of Kong, so it was all all monkey movies. Uh, but, man, it was it was cool because you're like, what the fuck did I actually grab on this? God, I've, uh, I, I feel like I've been in that experience where I just bought shit and then I get back to the room and I'm like, what the fuck did I buy? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's cool, man. I would say, man, looking back, like, convention stories to share, you know? I mean, there, I, I've got a ton. Some that I'm like, man, I probably can't talk about that. Not because, like, they were illegal, but they're definitely inappropriate. Yeah. Like, you know, without saying too much more, and I guess, I don't know, some goading, I might tell the story at a later date, man. But there was always the time, like, Eric got, like, the weird fucking porn. Oh, yeah. And we're all just sitting around fucking watching it. Like, what the <laughs> fuck did you buy, man? So it was like, oh man, we can all go to the hente tables now, and like right. you're just buying weird shit because right. you're horny teenagers, and you're like, this is what I need in life. It was not what we needed. <laughs> it's kind of shit where you're like, oh my god, this is terrible. Um, oh man, there was the time. I, I mean, like this, this, this monster bash. I was able to get. Um, Are you afraid of the dark? The entire series. <laughs> uh, that bootlegged version. Yeah, you were talking about that the other day, weren't oh, you? Like, yeah, like Canadian shit with all yeah, the extra scenes. It's got like ten minutes of extra scenes. In your life. You're like, if you have, if you're not watching this like side by side, you're not even gonna notice. But yeah, yeah it's just, just in it's, this episode they eat breakfast together. Right. Like it's it's just a weird like <sighs> good times, man. Yeah. So I, I got that. I got the DVD that I gave you for your birthday there. Um, the the Spider Man and or yeah the Bollywood Spider Man yeah the Superman and uh, Spider Girl Bollywood thing I I still want to watch that at some point I haven't actually watched it I have, I have it upstairs let me know when man we do a review for it sure <sighs> but yeah so uh, we've done like I said uh, there was the time we did I, I mentioned RBG a little bit ago it was random mm-hmm. battle group I don't think it exists anymore Paul Eric and fucking V love this shit uh, I was like lukewarm on it because like there's so many other things to do why this yeah and random battle group was like I said it was like Final Fantasy and you just uh, you got like you bought 
you got points and you could use those points to buy like fucking trinkets and all kinds of shit, whatever, like items and whatever. I'm never gonna forget Eric wanted to like go challenge this like fucking they were like the bad brothers. And so it's like a mini boss, like a boss kind of thing. And so we get up there and we're gonna challenge and we're like, yeah, fucking go, go, go. And V was supposed to be our cleric. And he like fucking left his bag in the fucking hotel room. We didn't know. They had like a fucking fanny pack thing. I don't know. It was 2000 and like fucking six. Right. I don't know why he had a fanny pack. I'm guessing it's uh, LARPing where you have yeah, like, it's like fanny LARP. bags that you throw. Uh, it's not that aspect. Like you just said what you were doing. And then like there was like a, a battle master who'd be like, okay, cool, whatever. And they should tell you if you're like down or whatever, critical hit or what, like you should roll dice and shit. And fucking V was supposed to be our cleric. So he was supposed to be like have Phoenix Downs. And he was supposed to just feathers that you just threw down. Uh-huh. And we're like, V. Throw a phoenix down, man. Like, Eric and I go down, and he's still up. And he's like, uh, I left my bag in the room. And they were like, oh, my God. So they were like, the the DM person who's like, well, you can carry one of your friends away, and the other friend's going to die. I'm like, okay. And he picks me, and he's, like, trying to carry. And V's a tiny guy. V's, like, maybe 100 pounds soaking wet. And I'm, like, a 300-pound fucking gargantuan. And V's got to, like, try to carry my fucking ass off the stage. Oh, my God, dude. Like, uh, the fucking laughter. I remember... And I mean, like, it was all good natured, but I remember seeing pictures. People were fucking dying, in essence, like, fucking just pictures of this fucking event from so many points of view. Because it was, like, back in, like, the early days of, like, camera phones, we're like, I gotta take a picture of everything. And, like, just fucking, there's, oh my God. So some of the old forums probably still have that shit. Or, oh my God, there was the time, uh, there was the, t- the horrible story. My grandma passed away my second year at Colossal Con. And we had to find my cousin Bill and let him know, right? Because he they didn't want uh, they didn't want Bill to hear from someone else. Like I don't know who else he would have heard. Like looking back at well, we didn't have like Facebook and shit at the time. Like I just got a Facebook, yeah. and you still had to have like a college email address at that point. So like I don't think Bill was gonna fucking. I might not. Oh man, it might have been before I even had a Facebook. So it's like Bill wasn't gonna fucking hear about it, you know? Right. So it was like June two thousand seven, and fucking. So like my friends and I like split up like a fucking crack team to find him and I'm devastated because my grandma passed we find Bill and we tell him and we ruin his night obviously because grandma passed away and he goes and he's like I gotta start drinking and fucking I am 18 Eric is 20 at this point so Eric was 19 actually the first year we went now that I'm looking back on it so Eric's not 21 yet he's getting ready to turn 21 that year but he's not 21 yet and I'm about to get in a fight with this fucking bouncer to get into the bar. He's like, you gotta be 21. And I'm like, I can see my fucking cousin and my fucking grandma died. I gotta get fucking in there right now to fucking get him out of here. And I'm getting in there. a little old man. I'm like, I could take him. I'm confident I could take him. Right. And fucking Eric's like, assesses the situation. It's like, I got this. He's like, hey man, how you doing? And you know, it's like, oh, I'm doing good, sir. You know, and Eric walks in. Eric's 20. But Eric fucking just walks in with enough fucking First swagger of all, Eric, and confidence. Eric has looked like he's a 35-year-old since he was 10. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric's always looked a little bit older in that aspect. It's worked. He's distinguished. Yeah. But yeah, so he just walks in. The guy doesn't card him. Guy doesn't do anything. Guy just like, oh, come on in. So I fucking moves the rope so we can get in. And fucking Eric goes back and he gets Bill. And he actually he ends up buying a drink for Bill. So like one of my favorite like things is like Eric and Bill. I don't know if they do a shot or a beer or whatever, but like they both fucking drink back there. Because Bill's like, I'm not leaving until we have one more drink. And Eric's like, fine, fucking. He buys Eric. He buys Bill fucking drinks. And so it's like Eric, like they so they sold an underage air fucking booze. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't their fucking intention, but uh, good job, Holiday and Independence, Ohio, in 2007. So just the way they treated us, like, and the rest of that weekend kind of sucked. There was like a lawyers' convention in there, and they were like sharing the building as well, and they were like super fucking assholes about it. So like I'm already having the worst weekend of my fucking life, 
And like these, and there were a fucking bunch of lawyers there, and they kept shutting shit down. They're like, "Oh, they're too noisy." And I'm like, "We're at a 24-hour anime convention." And after that, the fucking convention moved. So that's when they moved to. I don't remember where they moved next, but then they moved to Kalahari after that. Right. So it was after that that Colossal Con was like, "Well, fuck you. We're getting out of fucking Independence, Ohio." Yeah. So I mean, it's worked out really well for them. But I was kind of at the. I was at like the end of their like first iteration, and as they were getting ready to evolve into something else. I mean, like, I mean, there's so many stories just like just fucking around with your friends and shit at conventions. Uh, Ohio Con, like I said, there was just crazy search for like porn. Uh, I like, oh, man, we lost V like the last day. Like V I'll thought what, I had a, a great story about um, Akron Comic Con and I, I might have been working it. I might have been up there for a day because I know there was a day that you and I just went up and, and hung out once. Um, but there was a there. I used to call him Bouncer Dan. I have I haven't talked to Bouncer Dan in a long time, but he he actually stopped somebody from trying to steal one of the uh, Walking Dead shirts or something like that from from Kurt at one point. So since that point, I I'd called him Bouncer Dan. Bouncer Dan. Bouncer Dan. Bouncer Dan the Bouncer Man. Um, no, he he would. Uh, so him and I are, are hanging out for a minute, and he's I got him into Thunderbolts, and he's like I'm. I don't know why I can't find Thunderbolts number 12. I was like, it's actually kind of a hard one to find because it's got Avengers, it's got Fantastic Four, it's got, you know, it's the one where they all came back from being on the other Earth. So for like 10 minutes, him and I are just searching through boxes of to find this one book. And like, I don't know why that, but that's something that just sticks out. I'm like, you get to actually search with your friends for books that you both enjoy. And Oh yeah, man, especially at a Comic-Con, like, and that's one thing I hate about the Wizard Worlds and some of the Comic Cons I've seen recently. It feels like there's less and less long boxes there. It's it's more pop culture. Like, it's definitely than, more, and which is cool. Like I like pop culture, but, but I, I sometimes miss, you need a good comic. Like con. give me a good Comic Con that's just folding tables and long boxes, and that I can go through. And then you just talk to people while you're waiting to go through a long box that someone else is going through, and you're just thinking to yourself, like, man, I hope they don't find something good in there. Yeah. Hope I find the good thing, or like you see them flip there, and you're like, man, they just missed what I need. Good. Oh God, they're going back. Okay, oh, good. Fuck. They're not looking for this. <laughs> Because I collect Spider-Man, which is right. in fucking high demand. Uh, but, yeah, man, like, conventions, there's something magical about conventions. I really, I want to do more. Uh, I'm not I mean, I'm not going to, like, right now. I just, right. I, with the sun, I just don't have the time. I'm hoping as Parker grows older, like, we'll be able to do conventions and shit. Right. Like, like, more conventions as a family. Like, maybe not Gen Con, because that's not as much Noel's thing, but maybe that'll be Parker's thing in a couple years, and he'd enjoy it. Maybe, you know, uh, Comic-Con. Like, one of the things I really want to do is I want to go back to an anime convention. Yeah. And I think, like, in my head, an anime convention is a young man's game. Because I remember going, and there were some older folks there. But, like, anime conventions, while they weren't obviously new, like, we didn't, like, my generation didn't fucking invent the convention, obviously. Right. But it felt like anime conventions were always full of, like, high school kids. Like, it was always like, okay, there's a bunch of, like, younger folks. And then there were just, like, the adults were, like, the parents and the chaperones. And maybe the occasional, like, fan. So I wonder, how do anime conventions stack up now? Has our generation, like, I mean, it's been 12 years since I went to an anime convention. So has our like, is our generation still going to anime conventions? I would say probably because our generation loved anime. Oh yeah, I fucking still love anime. You still watch it on probably daily. Yeah, I'm rewatching fucking My Hero Academia for like the fourth time right now. Right, I watch it every. I mean, I watch things here and there, but obviously not as much as you. But I mean, I would say though. You came into my like when you started hanging out with me. I got in, I was getting into anime again, but there was a good fucking like seven year chunk where I was just like, yeah, I just wasn't watching anything. Like I'm still catching up from that fucking chunk too. Yeah. 
So like I would say probably like 15 or 16 is when I really get like I got the Funimation app and I was like, oh, I should start following what's happening in the anime world again. And I really dove back into it. Right. So like did other people have that like, I don't know, like that comeback to Jesus moment that I had with anime or what, you know? Uh, I know I kind of did because I never really like we've talked about this before. Mm. I was never big into anime. I was never the guy going, yeah, let's go to the convention. Let's, you know, let's find the, the dark web shit. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, yeah. you know, I was the guy going, okay, look, this is on Toonami. I'll watch that. Like, the, it, I mean, that's that's where I stood on, on anime stuff. But then as I got older, and especially as I got to know you more, I, I started going, okay, show me good anime. Show me something you like so that I can pick it up. Mm-hmm. Show me show me more. And with the, especially with the, the like, streaming abilities of the last few, five, maybe seven years, it, it's become available. And it's become available to the point where I can go, okay, what do I need to watch? And you go, watch this. And I can I can literally just pop it on without having to, to search for it. And I, I don't have to worry about putting it on subbed or dubbed. I can I can make that choice if I want to. But I, I mean something like that, that's fantastic for me. Because I, I don't know what I like mm. all the time. I like I mean, I've watched all kinds of crazy shit anyways. So I don't know what I'm in the mood for half the time. So there are times where I come up to you and I'm like, "Give me a good, give me a good comedy anime." Okay, watch this one. Give me a good action anime. Okay, watch this one. Give me a good love story. Okay, watch this one. I mean, it just what you know, whatever I can find or whatever you and you know more, way more than I do. God, I know so little. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big, I am definitely a big anime fan. Yeah. So like, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I don't know shit about anime because I would say. If there was, like, levels of anime fans, you know, be, like, between, like, Padawan and, like, Jedi Master, you know, I would fall in, like, I'm, like, a fucking journeyman. I would be, like, just, you know, just a basic little Jedi Knight. Like, I enjoy my anime. I, uh, I do watch a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched a lot back in the day. I was always seeking it out. I was very into the obscure shit, and I'm just, I'm into shit. I'm into anime, obviously, now. Uh, you know, and I, uh, I grew up in that generation of the fucking Naruto's, uh, I got in the One Piece, uh, more dub piece, like I always say, like, I just, I don't want to watch it subbed, but there were points when I was watching it subbed, uh, Naruto, Fullmetal Alchemist, uh, Bleach, shit like that, so, I definitely, uh, I've been on some adventures, man, I, I've been on some campaigns. Right. Uh, but I would definitely say that I am, uh, at best a journeyman fucking otaku. But, uh, I mean, so, but... As the Padawan, I'm. I need that journeyman to get me to that point. To to. I mean, I need that. I need. I need somebody to show me. Hey, this is where we want to go. And this is what you need to see. So for me, that's that. You know, to me, you you know way more than I do. Absolutely, you know way more than I do. And you still half the time you go. Squigs, you need to watch this one, man. You need to watch Firefight. This is a fantastic show. I think you'll really enjoy. Yeah, it. I mean, there's not, I mean, there's a bunch of shit I'd recommend. Uh, man, I mean, right now, like just looking back, some of the shit I've been rewatching a little bit. Like, I don't know if you ever watched Outlaw Star. Uh huh. Oh man, it's a phenomenal fucking space anime. It's great sci-fi. It's like 26 fucking episodes. Check that out. Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with a lot of Gundam series. There's some bad ones. Right. But Gundam-wise, like, one that gets a lot of shit that I always enjoy is G-Gundam. Okay. It's quirky, and I think you would enjoy it. So, G-Gundam is just tournament anime. Okay. Uh, it's fucking... It was that 90s fucking, like, everything has to be tournament-based. Right. So, G-Gundam is takes... Uh, it's a universe where Gundam's just... Every X amount of time, there's the fucking Grand Gundam battle, and whoever wins, like, gets to, like, control, like, the space colonies. And you know that I like Yu Yu Hakusho, where it's... All tournament. Oh, yeah, man. Yu Yu Hakusho is known for the tournament, man. Like, that's their thing. 
Like, there's like a fucking arc before and an arc after, but they're like, fuck that shit, shit. tournament. Give me and the then tournament. they go back to a tournament. That's how they end the fucking series. Uh-huh. They go back and they have a fucking Demon World tournament. So, no, I, mean, I dig, man. Uh, but so check out, but yeah, check out Outlaw Star. Check out G Gundam because it's all tournament wise. And you get like Neo America and he's like a fucking brawler. And mm. like Neo France and he's like this dude. It's like fucking Rose Gundam and shit. <laughs> it's, uh, you get some racist shit like Tequila Gundam for Neo Mexico. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, That's Neo Holland. Awesome. So it's all Neo because they're all space colonies. So they're uh, Neo. Neo Holland's Gundam is fucking absurd as shit. It's a fucking giant windmill. <laughs> That's like, it's terrible, but I love, I fucking love uh, Mobile Fighter G Gundam. So I Definitely actually, I, again, I, I have it all. I have it on DVD. I fucking cannot recommend but, that shitty one enough. Yeah, but getting that's like back, 50 some fucking episodes, though. Dude, that's fine by me. Uh, but getting back to what we were saying, I think we're going to, you go to an anime convention now, you're going to see a lot of people our age. You're going to see high schoolers still, but you will see. I mean, well, conveniently we, for that like experience, though, I want to do Colossal Con. Yeah, like Colossal Con should be low key. I think. Um, I think we can get a you know hotel room. We can fit like four or five fucking people in there, and we like just relive our fucking like our teens in essence. Yeah, like going back two fucking decades for myself. You know, what I mean, I know it's only eleven years, but that's two decades. But, I'd be, I mean, I'd be down for that because I like I said, I've never really got to experience the uh, the the um, con where you you hang out the night of like in a hotel room with your buddies. oh shit dude there's it's it's fucking magical man i believe like, it. you fuck around all night and like as an adult i just i want to know if that experience is still fun like oh i know the fucking hangout experience is fun but i want to know if the anime convention like experiences because what's the difference like one of the perks of going to an anime convention as a young man was i would go in and i'd find fucking heroic age and shit that i'd never fucking seen before right so i'm like oh shit and then like oh, it's a new quest now it's like i can go in but it's like oh i can find this no problem streaming I mean, there's some anime that is a little harder to stream if you don't have like Crunchyroll and Funimation, which I only have Funimation because my yeah, Crunchyroll. I don't need Crunchyroll as much, so I'm actually gonna have to get Crunchyroll because I found one I want to watch called School Live, mm -hmm. which is all about like a zombie apocalypse and like these like fucking schoolgirls who get trapped in the school, and one of them just thinks everything's normal because she's crazy at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds fucking nuts. I'm in School Live, man. I'm looking forward to it, and. But it's like, you know, like, what is, what's an anime convention now? Are people watching those? Are people watching old anime? Like, do I go to an anime convention and I'm like, fucking yeah, like, let's watch some fucking Detective Conan and uh, Lupin the Third. Yeah. Which, I mean, that was one of the things. It was like, oh, God, I can go to this anime convention. I can watch Lupin the Third, the movie. Hells, yeah. And it's like, is that, are people still watching that 70s anime? Like, am I watching, like, fucking Mobile Suit Gundam Shars Counterattack? I don't know. Like, I, 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 I like that shit. That's the shit I remember watching at these conventions. And honestly, like, going to... Going to Monster Bash was fantastic because it was all old movies. It was people who just love these these terrible old movies, and it was you know it it was fantastic because yeah, I mean it's like we always say you were with your people. Oh yeah, man! When you're with your tribe, things are great. When you when you're when you're in your tribe, things are great, and man. It just it couldn't have been more truthful. All right, man. I think. I think it's definitely time to uh, wrap up a little bit. I We've been fucking just chatting at you for about an hour and 50. So let's uh, let's call it a day, man. Let's do it. So as always, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd really appreciate getting five stars on Apple uh, iTunes. That'd really help us out. Uh, it'd help us expand our audience, help maybe uh, show more people. Share us, like us on Facebook. Uh, let's see. Let what us know. Let us know what you think of the, of the show. Let, I mean, I know today ran a little longer than normal, but we were having some fun. So we did you like we were that? too. 
Um, if you if you guys like something, let us know. Maybe we'll <coughs> find a way to keep doing it. If you didn't like something, let us know that too, so that we can fix or maybe improve whatever we're doing that you don't like. And definitely let us know your thoughts on it as well. Like you know, if you heard us talk about something specific, oh man, this is what I think about anime cons right now. You know, or you uh, something in the news, like oh shit, Pokemon sounds super cool, or fuck Pokemon, man. I'm or 30. If, you know, this is cool too. If you guys, I just thought of this. If you guys find something in the news that you think, hey, this is newsworthy, you should put it on the show. Let us know about that, because yeah. we don't always pick up everything. Good segue, man. You can send any news tips to crowingcommandos at gmail.com. That's it. So if you send something there, I promise you I'll read it. I check it at least once a day. Uh, we don't get a lot of email yet, but I'm really hoping that changes. Soon, hopefully. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Crowing Commandos. Uh, let us know, do you think we need to make a page specifically for this podcast? Because we are trying to figure out how to promote it better as well. Because we think we're doing some cool work. We want other people to hear it. Right. Uh, and you can find our Instagram at Crowing Commando Rooster. Again, that's mostly pictures of my beautiful family, but occasionally I put some cool nerdy shit up there. And I mean, Parker was in a uh, Spider-Man outfit, so that's like nerdy, right? Yeah. And yeah, reach out to us at crowingcommandos at gmail.com. Uh, with that, I think we're going to go, uh, we're going to Disney for our quote of the week. Disney Plus coming up. Sounds Disney good. Disney Plus coming up this week, man. Dece uh, yeah, December, November 12th. November 12th. So uh, that's the day that we're going to have to be calling off work so I can start at the beginning of the Disney catalog and work my way through. I tell you what, one of the first things I'm going to do with that Disney catalog, Star Wars films. Oh, hells yeah, man. Hey, don't forget Mandalorian, I think, starts this week or next week. Yeah. So Disney Plus coming out this week. I'm excited. Me too. Oh, man, I feel bad. I Me feel too. We could, We'll talk more about that next week, guys. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, all right. Uh, so on to our quotes. Uh, so this week, our quote comes to us from Mother Willow in the movie Pocahontas. <clears throat> Sometimes the right path is not the easiest. That is a beautiful quote. Yeah, man. It's super fucking true as well. It is. So remember, guys, sometimes it's fucking hard to do the right thing, but it's always worth it. And sometimes I, I always like the uh, the I, I'm going to say quote, but the, the phrase um Resistance means you're going the right way. Sometimes, yeah. All right, or it means you're about to burn out your fucking training. That too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Folks. All right, guys. Uh, with that, I'm Rooster. I'm Squiggles. We're signing out. See ya. We need a new outro song. New outro song. Our intro song was created by Nathan Caduceus Bradley. That outro song was still sung by yours truly with a little bit of assistance from Squiggles. Woo. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a great week.